What's going on, everybody? It is Coach Greg Adams back in here, struggle streaming once again. We are live back in here with the Blue Chip Mindset Series. And of course, as you guys know, I've been having a little bit of complications with my internet and my toolery and fooleries in the building. And um, I'm having to show you a smaller screen just so my camera doesn't activate and mess everything up and drag us and all that stuff. Somebody says no sound. I think we are live with sound. We're good to go. All right. Um, so shout out to you guys here. So anyway, um, hoping that you're hearing this. Let me see here. Uh, camera seems to be fixed. It's the sounds good. What's what's happening is when I make the camera bigger, it basically slows the stream down. So I'm having a new router delivered. Anyway, man, today we're on the blue chip mindset series. We are back in here with the blue chip mindset series. This is a series that we've been doing weekly in 2022. And bi-weekly in 2021, where, uh, thank you, man, There, where uh, we've been trying to take men and guide them into a position of where um, wealthy or men who are successful have gone, all right? We have all the information that we need related to women dating and all that stuff. We'll continue to give you all of that stuff. But on Wednesdays, we change our mindset a little bit and try to achieve this blue chip mindset. All right. And so the blue chip mindset comes from the concepts, just in case you're new here. By the way, if you're new here, hit the like button, hit the subscribe button. We cover relationships, dating topics for men, living the free agent lifestyle. We also get you prepared to be successful in this world and not a ham and egger and knuckle dragger and mouth breather. All right. We call all of those things. Uh, and people want to know where those terms come from. Uh, I'll, I'll clue you in just a little bit here as we go right here. So. Um, the blue chip mindset comes from the idea. Uh, if you look up Urban Dictionary, blue chipper is in here. A highly valued person, especially a sports player, uh, that was entered into the Urban Dictionary in 2018. I first heard the blue chip uh, word being used in relationship to uh, people who come out of college, high standard colleges that can negotiate the salaries that they want. And, and human resource recruiters would recruit blue chippers. All right. Blue chippers. Was the um was the term that I was always hearing from human resource agents, and so here's another idea here in terms of stocks and companies. Blue chip, all right. Blue chip was always representative of the highest value chip on the board that you can gamble with. Of course, now if you go to any casino now, they have different color chips. All right, gold and platinum and all of these things here. But the blue chip was normally or recognized as the universally recognized as the higher value chip. The blue chip here, companies, when they talk about company stock trading and all of that stuff, they reference the nationally recognized, well-established and financially sound companies as blue chips, blue chip stocks. So this is where this term comes from. We also know in blue chip in, in uh, college recruiting, the top four and five star recruits are labeled, typically labeled blue chip recruits. All right. So right here. It says, uh, put simply, to win a national championship, college football teams need to sign more four- and five-star recruits, a.k.a. blue chips, than three-, two-, and three-star recruits. So the blue chip recruits, as you can see, this is in the lexicon of America, blue chip. Um, and the universities here, the all Ivies, all right, outside of the Ivy League, these are the colleges with the top blue chip reputation, all right? Um, and a lot of kids that have gone to these colleges have been raised in the blue chip mindset. Here's another company here, or this is an investment group at the University of Chicago. Uh, as you can see here, these young people here at the University of Chicago 
uh, which is a prestigious private school, uh, Alt Ivy, I would say. These are the blue chips. They're, they're called the blue chips, all right? TBC, which is maybe a secret society. Who knows what? But the secrets of society is this. You're either in or you're out, all right? That's how the secret of society works. And this is how we, yeah, the skull and bones blue chips. That definitely looked like some skull and bones, don't it? <laughs> Oh man, that definitely looked. And then, and then right here with this building right here, that looked like some skull and bones. And so George said, uh, basically, uh, what did he say? He says they have a plan and you ain't in it. All right. A lot of people volunteered themselves to be not in it. They had two women right here. They pushed to the front of the picture. You either in or out, right? And a lot of people will choose to be out. You choose to be out. You'll say things like, well, money doesn't bring happiness. Or you'll say things like, uh, you know, um, um, I don't need I don't need that to be successful. Or you'll, you'll say whatever the recipe is, whatever someone suggests to you. Yeah, I don't need all that. All right. Well, I'm not going to do that. And basically, you're not going to sacrifice. You're not going to sacrifice or you're not going to attempt like you're not going to attempt to achieve freedom. You're not going to. And, and let me just say this. We do focus on money here. Uh, we will make references to money because money is the tool that can buy you freedom. Although you don't have to be rich, you don't have to be wealthy, but we will refer to wealthy and rich people, not because they're perfect, but because sometimes they have something that we don't have. They're in, right? Many times they can buy their way in. Many times they're on the inside. Many times they're living maybe an easier life, easier street, as they used to call it, uh, than you are being a ham and egger, all right? So let me just say it right here. Ham and Egger, I saw somebody in the comment section earlier or in the chat saying, what does he mean when he says ham and Egger? All right, ham and Egger. And some people think I'm saying ham and Negger, right? Like there, I'm saying something, um, saying something derogatory towards a group of people. That's not true. Ham and Egger has been in the lexicon as well. It's an informal use, ham and Egger, an ordinary or person, an ordinary person of little consequence. Okay, there's other definitions now here. A worthless or undesirable person. Uh, Bobby the Brain Heenan, who was a manager in the World Wrestling Federation, used to use this, and I got that from Bobby the Brain Heenan. And it says Ham and Egger uh, is, let's see here, he would reference a, a, a preliminary wrestler, a jobber, an ordinary person, a simpleton. Um, and so here it is here, an ordinary, unskilled, or mediocre person. All right, just kind of like ham and eggs. All right, you wake up every day, you have your hands in it. Ham and egg, ham and egg. All right, um, there's a lot of ham and eggs people here, uh, but there's a lot of chorizo <laughs> type people. There's a lot of um, what was the uh? There's a four. I can't remember. All right, I, I had a joke related to eggs. Uh, there's a lot of egg Florentine. That's the what it was. There's a lot of egg. There's very few egg Florentine, eggs and Florentine or egg Florentine uh people. There's a couple of uh bacon and over easy type people but most people are ham and eggers all right yeah bobby lebrain he called the jobbers the ham and eggers all right so uh this is what we're talking about here the blue chip mindset and this is where it kind of tail in dovetails the free agent lifestyle perfectly because we're trying to get you from changing your mindset unplugging from what everybody wants you to do or what everybody wants you to be comfortable doing as opposed to you doing it yourself right you doing it yourself and living your own lifestyle and defining what your own definition of success is outside of the, the plugged in version of it. This is going to give you what I would believe what you're looking for in life. All right. Is it going to bring you happiness? Not necessarily, but it's going to try to it's going to prevent you from hearing this. 
<laughs> right? And so you're you're eventually going to try to make yourself happy by making someone else happy. And that's a recipe for disaster. It's a recipe for failure. So let me do this. I'm going to do the cash apps and I'm going to do uh I'm going to do the cash apps. Uh by the way, if you do want to hear the rest of the blue chip mindset series, they are below. Uh the, today's theme is wake your punk ass up. Today we're talking about vacation and sleep. All right, vacation and sleep. How poor people, ham and eggers, ordinary people, knuckle draggers and mouth breather, breathers, how they sleep and how they vacation versus how people who have tools vacations and sleeps all right and we're gonna hear some interesting stuff here oh boy oh boy we're gonna hear some interesting perspectives from people who more or less rebuked some of the statements made by a wealthy person about sleep all right uh let's see here cash app yuri sent two cash apps um in which one made sense and one didn't but that's neither here or there i was like what is going on with yuri over there but shout out to yuri i believe he's in africa are you in Africa, my brother? All right, my brothers are in Africa. Yuri says, uh, Yura says, uh, Yura, it's Yura. He says, turn 33 uh, last Tuesday and went to Punta Cana. Shout out to you. He was over in the Dominican Republic. And he says, for my 27-year-old uh, African chick headed to H-Town, it sounds like he's here. And he says, for tomorrow to make this money. Shout out to Yura over there in Quincy and uh over there on the cash app appreciate you for the support wake your punk ass up all right that was uh, a a phrase very much uh given up to us by the mc8 from compton's most wanted all right i see i'm fuzzy on mine am i fuzzy all right all right here we go jd is in the building appreciate you for being here early in the morning and he's sounding the horn waking our punk ass up over here swing out museum says howdy coach and the gang, he says, from Dallas, it's going to be freezing today. Better get my Kaylee and I got money. I got money. There's Kayleys to be had out here, guys. The long back variety is very much a sold marketable commodity. All right. I know. I know you don't think so. But the long back variety is basically the the. She sells herself almost to the highest bidder. Now, when you when I say that, I don't mean it in a derogatory way, meaning she's a prostitute. But what I'm saying is she sells herself to the highest bidder um, many times in a way with arrangements, right? Or through marriage. They do this very relatively young. And unfortunately, the world is trying to corrupt the Kaylee. All right. Uh, the Kaylee in the United States, you know what I mean, in, in North America. And once they corrupt the Kaylee in Europe, North America, it's a wrap. It's a wrap. So it's a wrap. I mean, the, the you know, the, the then the last remaining bastions are the Latinos and the Asians. You know what I mean? Ling Ling and our ladies, the Guadalupe and, uh, you know, Maria. All right, because they already got they already got Tamika. All right. And then once they can get to the Kaylee, it's a wrap. They're kind of getting to the uh, uh, Maria Maria, too. All right. But once they get the Kaylee, it's over and they're almost there. They're very much close, almost there. But we're not going to talk about that today. Swing Out Museum also adds in my productive engineering years, the only idle time was that four or five hours of sleep every morning. All right. Um, shout out to the doctors and the, en the engineer doctors out here. Swing Out Museum. Um, we're going to talk about that sleep thing. All right. Uh, especially when you're trying to get to the level of success, we're going to talk about that because a lot of people are going to disagree 
with uh, one Steve Harvey, Steve Harvey's statement on sleep. And uh, let me see if I get a little bigger here. That's what he said. Uh, but we'll talk about that. Simon Small says, shout out to the coach game. Looking to forward to another blue chip live stream. We are back. And I can see it's already interrupting us. So we're going to add that back. Um, Forever Vontae. Forever Vontae says, good morning, coach. Thanks for teaching us Gen Z the game. You underrated king. All love. Thank you, sir, man. I'm trying to help. I'm trying to help. I don't want to mislead you. Uh, because I know, you know, we don't have the money to buy products at Gen Z level. And uh, your your women are gone. But I always tell Gen Z guys this in dating and relationships. This is how the, this is the mindset that I would approach it. And this is the mindset that I wish I would have learned a long time ago. Yuri says, I'm in Atlanta. Shout out to you. Why did I say Africa? Because you said African sister. This is what I would tell. I wish I would have learned this. I learned it later in life. And here's what I want to tell you guys. The women in your generation are not yours. I know it's hard to understand. I know it doesn't make sense because you're taught that, right? And these are the women that will play around with you, toil with you. Um, you know, you'll get access to them. But the generation behind you, that's your women. All right, now, wait till they're legal, right? So in the time they're getting legal, I got money. You're working yourself up and building yourself up because by the time you hit your 30s, the women that were in the generation behind you, they'll be 18, 19, 20. Okay. That's what'll happen. And then they'll be right in your wheelhouse. And then when you hit 40, those women are going to be the ones wanting to get married and do right by you and listen. Yes, daddy. Yes, sir. I'll do it. But but the when you're when you're with the women in your generation, they're gonna twist you up in knots. <laughs> they're gonna twist you up in knots. All right. They're always gonna have your ass tongue-tied and twist up, twisted up. <laughs> oh man. Uh Toasty Gaming says, Hey coach, I haven't been able to catch your lives because I've been working my day job and learning how to create and edit YouTube's videos afterwards on track to hit 5k views. In my first month, Money Mindset, shout out to you. Unbelievable, man. That is, it. that's incredible. Congratulations to that, brother. Congratulations. 5K in a month? I've already subscribed to you, I'm sure, quite sure. All right. Uh, what do we got here? Eddie says, one month without prawn or pay for play. He says, I earned my Google IT certification and saved more money in my bank account. Monk mode makes me productive. Thanks, CGA. All right, you got to get into a monk mode. I mean, guys, this is a sacrifice that you have to make as a man. You have to sacrifice the pleasures and desires of women for a minute. You know what I mean? And I think if you do it over time, you'll you'll get back there. You'll get back there. You'll, you'll get back to where it's easier to deal with them. All right. Uh, but when you're struggling uphill uh, and you're trying to add women to the equation, oh, man, it's crazy. Freddie Frappuccino says money doesn't solve all your problems, but it solves 85% of them. Get your bag. Gotta get my bag and run. <laughs> before the feds start raising rates, let it burn free agent lifestyle. The feds are going to start raising rates here in the next 60 days. I'm, I can't wait. They're already telling us, ah, no big deal. Don't worry. Everything will be all right. We're going to leverage it against inflation. You know, hyperinflation is not that bad. We'll raise the rate. I'm, I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating some BS. All right. Garrett Juice Podcast, appreciate you, Coach. You are one of the hardest working men on YouTube, and I pay your tuition for the consistent streams of edutainment. Thank you, sir, for being here. 
uh, in the contributions, man. I try, even in the face of adversity and distraction with this. Um, every about two or three months, I get this distraction with this, this thing here. When I call my cable company, they're like, oh, we updated all the services and you need a new router. You can use the old router, though. All right. I was like, well, send the new router. So it's supposed to come today. All right. Uh, OMG Entertainer, shout out to you. And then we'll get on to the show here. Uh, <laughs> Blue Chip Mindset 13, shout out. He says, set yourself up on high quality education, knowledge, performance, and wealth creation. He says, normal means staying broke. Absolutely. He says, successful people. Uh, succeed through hard uh, through hard times, build networks and remove normal people from their lives. Uh, you know, it's OMG. That's a hard thing for people to grasp because they're comfortable. People are comfortable being uh, broke until, you know, the end of the month, the last three, four days of the month. Then people will start saying, I need money. All right. Money. money I need to be happy. Oh, I'm not happy. You know what I mean? They're, they're constantly toiling. I can't pay my bills. But the previous 28 days. Oh, you don't need that money. Don't mean half of the day out there shaking their ass. Oh, this don't mean nothing. Oh, I love all, all you need is love until bills need to be paid. Okay. And one more thing he said here, normal means staying broke. The reality is if you stay at your job today at your pay grade, you're broke. I mean, you're going to go broke. If you don't move for 15 years, you're going to go broke. Why do we know that? The rates, the interest rates are climbing. The inflation's going up. Uh, the dollar's devaluing by the day. You're not going to be able to invest. You're going to go broke. You're going to go broke. I mean, I, why not take a chance and try to get ahead? Uh, this is why people are doing the gig economy now. They're doing multiple streams of income. That is the recipe for success in terms of building wealth. Passive income, we talk about these things. If you want to stay normal, you're going to eventually go broke over time. I mean, I'm just saying what it is. I, and I don't want you to do that. Last one, Warhammer says, can't sleep knowing my account is low. Can't do it. Yeah, it's tough. I, I get it 100%. Let's get into the show here. Let's talk about some of the stuff here. Let me remove this. I think I need to remove that. You can get with this or you can get with that. You can get with, here it is. And I'm on the wrong tab. This is the tab I want to be on right here. Now, Steve Harvey caught all kind of hell right here when he said rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. Now, I'm going to say this, and I have to be 100% fair on this one. This is not going to be a stream about sleep when you're dead. Okay, so this is not going to be a stream where I say, man, you can sleep when you're dead. All right. Uh, don't like avoid sleep. Uh, like I would I'm not telling you to avoid sleep. I'm telling you to get a pattern where you can get your sleep. Uh, the necessary sleep, and we'll talk about what that is. All right, but jo judging for most men I've been around, the most productive men, the most valued men, the most blue chip men, these men were early birds. And so if you're a DJ, a bartender, a server at a restaurant, you know what I mean? Like a nightclub promoter, you're probably not going to be able to organize your sleep in such a way where you're going to be able to get up early. So these people are not included. You, you're a stock boy, right? You're a delivery person. Uh, you're working late into the night, so it's going to be er, uh, difficult for you to get home, get that pattern where you're sleeping and you wake up early. So I will say that up front, that if you're that person, you have to find your own version of sleep, right? If you work the third shift, you know, you're a security guard all right, at night. So 
these are going to be different. But for most people, most people uh, organize their sleep around either temperature or the sun, lighting. Lighting guides our sleep, all right? Most of the time we can look up, you know, you don't know what time it is, but if you're in the bed and you open your eyes, you peek, peek out your eye like that, you can see what time it is relatively. If it's still dark outside, you know it's three, four, five in the morning, all right? If it's light outside, you know it's close to six, seven, or eight. So most of us sleep based on the light of day. All right, so <clears throat> some of these most productive men I know got up early. They were early birds. And there were reasons why they were early birds. Some of them were sleep deprived. Some of them were stressed out. They had high stress jobs. It was, they couldn't afford to sleep. Some of them were taking chances with mortgages and their family and they couldn't sleep at nights. That was the case. But some of them were very disciplined and they got up early to organize their day to be productive. All right. And so if you look at wealthier neighborhoods versus middle class versus poor neighborhoods, many times if you go to a wealthy neighborhood, okay, um, if you go to a wealthy neighborhood, it's up and moving by 6, 630. All right. Starbucks be open at five o'clock in the morning. By six o'clock, you hear traffic, not 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 heavy traffic, but cars are moving. All right. Uh, if you go to the grocery store, somebody's in there shopping. Not it's not full, but there are people in there. Now, if you go to a middle class neighborhood, not so much. It is a little bit slower to open up, slower to move. People are hitting the streets around the same time, eight o'clock, eight thirty, whatever. They're rushing out. You know, they're getting their kids to school. The school, but so people kind of wake up. Like, if you go to a poor neighborhood, that shit don't like go go to a poor neighborhood on a Saturday. Stuff don't open up to 11, 12, 1 o'clock. And then stuff stays open to 10, 11, 12, 1. If you go to a rich neighborhood, stuff closes down 9 o'clock. Go to a rich neighborhood. You can't find a restaurant open at 9 o'clock. On Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it ain't open. All right? I always tell my people here, I always tell my people here uh, that come here and they want to get something to eat. Now, I'm hungry around 830. I'm like, bro, you better go now. You better go, go, go to the restaurant now. All right, because it's closed. It's closed. It's going to be closed at nine o'clock, nine o'clock on a Monday. Yes, closed. All right. And we don't have in this neighborhood, we don't have um, we don't have um, those like uh, Applebee's, you know, that no matter where you are, it's open till 11 or one. You know, we don't have that. Uh, we have mom and pop. Uh, organized restaurants, small, small, small restaurants. You know what I mean? Like we do have ch chain restaurants is what I was thinking. We don't have a lot of chain restaurants. So stuff closed at nine, <laughs> 10 o'clock. You'd be lucky to find a restaurant open. But if you go somewhere else, you go to a middle-class or a poor neighborhood stuff open till one Taco Bell's open one, two, three, four, five in the morning. We don't have that around here. Okay. And so typically it's open and available to people who live those type of lifestyles. Right? So, um, I know women that are stay-at-home moms that still get up at 545, and they get up, and they get organized before the kids get up, and then they wake the kids up, and then they have breakfast ready for the kids, and then they have the kids' lunches packed, all right, and they make sure the kids' homework is done, all right? They did that last night. Make sure, little Johnny, you have everything organized in your little folder, all right? But sometimes women who aren't stay-at-home moms, they actually get up, get ready for work, and hope their kid wakes up organizes themselves hey there's some pop tarts left over here all right and then the kid organizes himself gets to school hey where's your permission slip oh i forgot mm. 
oh, my mom didn't sign it. Oh, I didn't take it out my binder. Oh, I forgot to give it. Oh, my mom forgot to sign it. That This is the stuff that separates the winners in life and the losers. This setup, this discipline, all right, it separates the blue chippers from the knuckle draggers. It separates the blue chippers from the ham and eggers. I know it happens because I've trained women who do that. Um, um, as a trainer, fitness trainer, I've, a lot of my exposure has been to wealthy people via that. What would happen is our, my work schedule was literally start at 5.15. My first client would start at 5.15 in the morning. So there were days for years that I got up at 4.25, all right, 4.25. And so um, I would go through my routine, get down there and train them. So my first three sessions were executives, the, the men who made the money. And then I would have about an hour break. And then my next three sessions would be moms. So 5.15, would be executives. They would go home, shower, go to work. Then 8.15, 9.15, 10.15, or somewhere around that, 8.30, 9.30, 10.30 would be the moms. They would drop off their kids and come train with me. And then they would go back to what they were doing. So that was basically how my schedule was organized. Then 2.30, 3.30 would be kids. 2.30, 3.30, 4.30 would be kids. And then 5.30, 6.30, would be executive men. All right, so... That's basically our training schedules organized, all right? And so the moms would tell me they've been up since 5.30, 5.45 in the morning getting ready for the process of getting their kids to school. And these are the kids that most likely are going to go to the better universities. They're going to be well-prepared. They're going to be organized. They're going to be disciplined, structured, et cetera, et cetera. This is a blue chip mindset. This is a mindset. This is why people that say, I can be a single mom or I can be a single, let's just say single dad. We're, we're taking it out of the concept of gender here. But I can be a single dad and raise successful kids. I can be a single mom and raise successful kids. Well, not necessarily and not all the time. No, it, if it does happen, it is a, a statistical anomaly. Most of the time, the kid just got out because the kid uh, was a geek, a lame, a nerd, all right? And they didn't get involved. All right, but most of the time, those kids, the kids end up messed up. Statistics show us that. Statistics show us that. So uh, <laughs> uh, the reason why, uh, let's not get into that. Let's get into this here. Let's get into the Steve Harvey. All right, let's get into the Steve Harvey clip before we get into that next part. Uh, listen to him. He's going to talk about why rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. I agree and disagree with this. A lot of people vehemently disagree with this. Although I'm going to say I agree more than I disagree. All right. So let's go ahead and play this. And I was trying to find it without music. So I hope I don't get a copyright notification, but it has music on it. Let's listen. Expand yourself. Take yourself out your comfort zone. Do not live in your bubble. Put some more air in your bubble. If you stay in your comfort zone, that's where you will fail. You will fail in your comfort zone. He's absolutely right, right there. You're going to fail in your comfort zone, and that's where most people say they're happy, all right? I'm not happy. Oh, I'm happy, comfortable. <laughs> God, there, there's no such thing as comfortable and content. That uh, Content is, uh, there, there's a phrase related to that. Somebody will put it in here. Content is an enemy, right? That's an enemy of you if you want to be blue chip or you want your kids to be blue chip. Never be content. Never be satisfied. You can be happy. We'll talk about what you do with satisfaction uh, when you satisfy that's called vacation. All right. You take vacation when you're satisfied. But but in terms of being content, that is a bad place to be. Success is not a comfortable procedure. 
it is a very uncomfortable thing to attempt. So you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable if you ever want to be successful. Start putting some pressure on. Put some pressure on yourself. A lot of people can't do that. A lot of people can't put pressure on themselves. They fold. They buckle under pressure. Uh, they say they're stressed. They're mentally exhausted and, and all of these things. But I know people are depending on me. People are depending on me. So um, if you're depending on me, that's the pressure that I need. I often find when I'm not under pressure, that's where I make the most mistakes. All right. When I'm like, oh, man, chilling. All of a sudden, the other shoe drops. <laughs> right. And I'm like, man, these are going fantastic. Oh, my goodness. And then when I make a do something, I'll make a big purchase or I'll be like, oh, I'm totally comfortable. I'm totally happy. I start messing with hoes. Guess what? The other shoe drops. All right. Something comes into my life to create discomfort. So I'm always like, let me keep let me keep pressure bus pipes. Let me keep going, because if I stop, normally bad shit happens. Get out here and get about it. You have to decide if you are willing to do the things to put you in that category. Rich people don't sleep eight hours a day. Now, what you're seeing is because a couple of people are saying Rich uh, Steve Harvey's a simp or whatever. Yes, he does simp for women, but I, that's when he is um, when he's programmed. But right now, he's breaking program. I don't know if you guys understand that. Uh, when a person breaks their programming, or when they break, when they break their, you know, they they what do they call it? They they get out. You know what I mean? Remember that movie, Get Out? They break their programming for a minute and they snap. Uh, this is what he's doing. He's snapping. So Steve Harvey's a salesman. He sells things to women and his, his audience, and he will be programmed. He'll program himself to say what he needs to say and parrot it, bark, and say this, bark, because the women are going to buy it. But he snapped. He glitched. Yeah, that's a glitch. They hit him with that MK Ultra. He says, fact, that MK Ultra ain't perfect. Yeah, the MK Ultra, hey. He snapped and became him. All right, so Steve Harvey, we call him a simp, but he's a salesman. He's he's doing what he needs to survive. Here, this is a glitch. He broke programming, all right? And now he's preaching, and he's preaching in a way he doesn't normally preach, right? Because normally he's just sitting back all cool in, in his programming. Now he's snapping. That's a third. And the military guy, shout out to you. I'm going to talk about military time here in a second. Uh, thanks for your service. Of your life, get able 24 hours in a day. You cannot be sleep eight hours a day. The Bible says, he who loves to sleep and the folding of hands, poverty will set upon you like a thief in the night. So he's called in the Bible. We're going to actually look at that real quickly, uh, briefly. He's called in the Bible. Let's see if he's actually true. Uh, what he's saying here, uh, here's Proverbs 20 and 13. It says right here, do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Stay awake and you will have food to spare or any other different version of this translation of what he just he, he paraphrased it. But right here, Proverbs 20 and 13. All right. Do not love sleep or you will grow poor. Open your eyes and you will have plenty of food. So um, Steve Harvey, in essence, is trying to motivate you to say your beginnings are going to be uncomfortable. You're going to lose sleep in your beginnings. You're going to have pressure. But once you get there. Then eight hours of sleep is going to be something that you can easily achieve and you'll be fine with it. I get eight hours of sleep, no problem. But that's because I use discipline to get eight hours of sleep and I sleep peacefully. I sleep peacefully. Um, even when I was in my darker days, I always program myself to get this sleep. 
All right, and let me do just do this. We'll talk about Jeff Bezos. This is the counter argument to why getting eight hours of sleep is good for Amazon shareholders. And there's an article of Jeff Bezos promoting eight hours of sleep. So while Steve Harvey, Harvey says you can't sleep eight hours, you shouldn't be to be rich. Here's Jeff Bezos, who is ultra rich, but he promotes eight hours of sleep. But there's always a but, all right? Because if you look at the comments in this section here, most of the people disagreeing with Steve Harvey are ham and eggers, knuckle draggers, all right? People who are content, people who love to be average, people who love to be mediocre, people who don't want to get out of their comfort zone, people who don't want to sacrifice to get out, out of the position they're in, who are totally fine, struggling up until the last week of the month to try to figure out how to, they are in here killing him. They're like, oh my God, hell no, no, no. I need my sleep. Sleep is healthy. Um. Most people here that disagree, they're probably unhealthy in a variety of ways. Financially unhealthy, mentally unhealthy, nutritional unhealthy, obesity unhealthy. These people are vehemently, I mean, if you look at the average ham and egger in America, they're unhealthy, but all of a sudden, they need eight hours of sleep. So Goldman says, how can you perform as a sexual entrepreneur if you don't sleep? Uh, eat and think cognitively correct, uh, correctly when, yes. So we're going to get to that. Be patient. So I'm not promoting that you don't sleep for eight hours. I'm promoting that you wake up early if your job allows you to. Then you can figure out by discipline how to get your, if you need eight hours, get your eight hours in. I'm a person that gets his eight hours in, but I'm very productive because I wake up early. We'll talk about that in a second. All right. A lot of people will sleep, disorganized, functional, wake up when everybody else wakes up, and then you think you're going to be productive. It ain't going to happen. All right. So let me show you uh, a video of Jeff Bezos promoting sleep. All right. So let's go ahead and uh, hear Jeff Bezos out. Another guy here. And so then on sleep, I get eight hours of sleep. I prioritize it. Unless I'm traveling in different time zones, sometimes it's impossible, but I am very um, focused on it, and, and in the, for me, I need eight hours of sleep. I think better, I have more energy, my mood is better, all these things. And think about it, as a senior executive. Now, he's going to start talking from the senior executive position, all right? He ain't talking about the people in the Amazon packing system, okay? He's talking about the senior executive. So now he's talking about people who get paid to produce as and perform as opposed to pay in order to exchange time for money, all right? Meaning underling, mediocre, ham and egger, pencil and paper pusher. He's talking about senior executives. Again, people who have worked their way up probably sacrifice sleep to get to where they got. Please keep that in mind. What do you really get um, paid to do? As a senior executive, you get paid to make a small number of high quality decisions. Your, your job is not to make thousands of decisions every day. So let's say that I slept six hours a day, or let's go really crazy and say I slept four hours a day. So now I just got four so-called productive hours back. So if I was going to, you know, have, say, 12 hours of productive time during any waking day, now all of a sudden I have 12 plus four, I have 16 productive hours. So I have 33. Come on, Jeff. Get to the damn. What is this? Get to the damn point. More 
um, time to make decisions. So if I was going to make, you know, 100 decisions, now I can make 133 decisions. But if I did that arithmetic wrong, yes, I'm sorry. I'm like I'm with you on that one, Jeff. I'm bad at math. And um, and so you make 133 decisions. Is that really worth it if the quality of the decisions might be lower because you're tired or grouchy or any number of things? Now, it's different if it's a startup company. I mean, you know. Ah, it's different if it's a startup company. Ah, there it is right there. See, remember I said this sleep thing also has to do with where you are in life. Now, if you're doing a startup company, ain't no way you getting eight hours of sleep. If you just starting your grind, ain't no way you getting eight hours of sleep. If you doing two, two jobs uh, and trying to build up uh, multiple streams of income, you ain't doing it, okay? It's different. You know, you're really, you know, when Amazon was 100 people, uh -huh. it's a different story, but. Uh-huh, it's a different story. So when Ham and Egger disagrees and they say, well, they disagree with Steve Harvey and they say, well, Jeff Bezos says get eight hours of sleep. Well, it's Jeff Bezos. He's talking to executives. He ain't talking to startups. He's not talking about you getting your life together. Steve Harvey was talking about people that need to get their life together. All right. And then they were like, nope, 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 nope. I need my sleep. Okay. All right. But Amazon's not a startup company. And ah, but Amazon's not a startup company. And all of our senior executives operate the same way I do. They, they work in the future. They live in the future. None of the people who report to me should really be focused on the current quarter. Um, I always tell people. Okay, you can do that when you get yourself in position. I always tell you, I'm always thinking five, ten years ahead of what I, where I am now. And the reason why I can do that is because I worked up to that position. It took me five, ten years to get to that spot. For five or 10 years before this, I was thinking of the next day and the next month and the next 30 days. Now I can think a little bit farther ahead because of the position I worked myself into. Now I can sleep, okay? You, you got to get there first. People, sometimes they get, you know, we'll have a, a good um, quarterly conference call or something. And Okay, enough about that, damn Jeff. All right, enough about that. All right, uh, let's play one more small thing about Jeff Bezos talking about his morning routine, which is going to be important. Uh, allegedly, he gets up at 3.50 in the morning uh, or maybe earlier, but we'll see. September 13th, the morning routine of Jeff Bezos. Jeff Bezos is not a lazy late riser. He is among the successful people who believes in the early to bed, early to rise mantra. So again, you can promote getting sleep for eight hours, but you still have to be disciplined early to bed, early to rise, which is my what I promote. Now, if you're a late riser and all that stuff, that's different. We'll talk about that. But I believe I organize my schedule around early to bed, early to rise. All right. And that's basically organized around light, sun, uh, and all of that stuff. And basically using my uh, uh, rhythms, my body rhythms oriented to that. Most people can sleep when there's light out. I can't. And as he says, I go to bed early, I get up early. That should tell you, here is a man who seems to be a stickler for routine and who likes to putter in the morning. Call him old-fashioned, but the first thing that Bezos likes doing after he brushes his teeth, of course, you don't need to be told that, do you? He likes to sit at the breakfast table with a cup of coffee and the newspaper. To believe that we're not going to be criticized. I mean, that's just part of the... He also takes his time in doing it. If you thought being the richest man in the world means having no time for yourself, 
think again. With Bezos, things are different, and he believes in giving time to the important things that matter in life, and a morning ritual is one of them. So remember I talked about that. My clients were successful. They were wealthy. They were never comfortable being where they were wealth-wise, but they would have this morning routine and this discipline that led them to keep that success going. The minute they threw in all of these other things and partying and shaking their ass and staying up late and going to this and that, it, it's going to ruin them and they know it. So they avoid it. They avoid it. And some people will call you boring and you're lame and you're not. Um, uh, women will typically use the words that you're not spontaneous. They like spontaneity. Women uh, will talk about how they distract you in life because their body rhythmic. Uh, they, they tend to start bullshit at 9 p.m. This is 10 to um, either. Uh, what they'll do is uh, let's take this down and do the super chats. What they'll do is they'll start. Um, they'll start texting you at nine o'clock. Hey, how you doing? What are you up to? Nine thirty. Hey, how's it going? I just thought about you. Right? They don't do this at seven p.m. Do this at noon. They're busy toiling around pushing pencils and paper. And what they'll what they'll do is they'll keep your ass up, wake you up, and get your um. They'll get your endorphins flowing. They'll get that satisfaction of you communicating with her, and then she'll be like, "Okay, I've had enough." Eleven thirty. She'll go to sleep. Because you'll eventually say, hey, if you want to talk, come over. All right. If, if you want to if you want to start this, come over now. All right. Because I'm about to go to sleep. Oh, no, no, no. I won't come over. And you've wasted an hour, hour and a half and two hours. And then now your your rhythm is off. Now you're like, OK, I'm going to tuck in at 11. But you're still your adrenaline's flowing. And you're still thinking of her. And then you want to, you know, bust a nut, jack off. You, you start really getting out of sync. And so I often told you guys, I've, I've cut women off basically like, look, don't contact me after nine o'clock. Don't bring up a subject after nine o'clock. If you're in a relationship, a cohabitation uh, agreement, uh, uh, what will happen is she'll, she'll drink a glass of wine, 8.30, 9.30, she'll start being up and she'll want to either get frisky or she'll start a complicated uh, discussion. Hey, we need to talk about, and it's 9.30 at night. No, we don't need to talk about it today. We can push that off till tomorrow. Why didn't you think of this at five o'clock? Why are we talking about this at 930? Most arguments start 930, 1030, 1130. When the guy is mentally fatigued, he's got to get ready for work. And she wants to talk about some bullshit, oftentimes drunk. So this is what happens for men. Men got to get up early to work and they don't have time for this bullshit arguing at 930. And then my adrenaline's up and I'm operating off instinct. And I'm operating off of frustration and not being logical. Okay. Uh, I, I have a female friend who oftentimes, hey, come over. And it's 1030. By the time we get to being in the bedroom, it's 1.30, right? Because she wants to get that attention out first. She wants to get all her attention and everything worked up. Then she wants to go to the bedroom. All right. But when I go over there, show up at 1030, I'll be like, let's go straight to the bedroom. She's like, oh, no, 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 no. She wants to get the bullshit out first. She wants to get that back and forth out. And I'm oftentimes, when she tells me now, come over, I'm like, nope. I already know that's going to be a late night. All right. She wants to drink a couple of drinks, sit there and talk, go back and forth, disagree, argue, build all that frustration up so she could get that hard energy sex up at 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. No, I'm, my whole day tomorrow is messed up. Let's do the super chats. Um, and then we'll talk about uh, a little bit of what I do. And then go back to some of the reference material here. 
Shout out to you guys. Sorry you have to watch me in this small box. All right, uh, hit the like button. Uh, my internet is messing up. So uh, you got to watch me in a small box today uh, until my router comes. And shout out to the military people here. Let's see here. Warhammer, oh, sorry, Black Routines of Philosopher says, shout out to the coach who can remember all the lyrics to all R&B and rap songs from the 90s, but can't remember anybody's name. Isn't that, isn't that crazy? What is, I don't know what that is. And I always attribute it to when I read books, when I would read books and novels, you'll even see me do it here. If I can't quickly say the person's name, I'll skip the name. I'll even, like, if I'm reading an article, I'll skip the name. Because I'll be like, oh, the name's not important. Um, if I can't pronounce it quickly. And so I think over time, I've I've gotten to the habit of not, of thinking names not important. So I'll skip over the name and just go back to what we're talking about. So, but I can remember old ass lyrics. It's sad. It's a sad thing, man. <laughs> Black Ortiz. Raul says, blue chip nasty boys is in the house. All right, shout out to you. Montrell says, Coach, my knuckles out here hurting. He says, I'm done singing the blues. About to cuss the whole human resource department out today. All right, don't get the police called on you. All right, shout out to the human resource department here at the Coach Greg Adams channel. All these women have good jobs, stable jobs and stable economies and all that stuff. Nothing's going to hurt them. They'll go home and have dinner with their dogs. They'll gain weight over time. These are the people that say they need their 8, 10 hours of sleep. Right, that's who they are right there. All right, shout out to the HR department. Hey, don't get the police called on you today. Charlie Brown says retired army every day started at 6:30 p uh PT form formation. He says it trained me to sleep eight hours and get up early. Now I'm 40 and gotta get my bag and run to Hawaii <laughs> to work post office because I got money. Hashtag free agent lifestyle. We're going to look at the military time. We're going to look at military time and talk about that. So shout out to the brothers in the military speaking up on this early to bed, early to rise discipline. All right. Again, if you're a bartender, if you're a chef, a short order cook at Denny's, uh, a security guard, it's going to be different for you, right? Because you work late night, third shift, you work at 7-Eleven. All right. It's going to be different for you. Iman Perry says, love the blue chip mindset coach especially the real estate talk. Real estate is great, but doesn't always give you a great ROI. On the Breakfast Club, T-Pain lost $40 million on real estate. His manager uh, would just buy homes and throw paint on it. <laughs> See, yeah, I mean, I love real estate. I have a real estate license, but I often give real talk about real estate because you can win with real estate. You can win, but you can lose big on real estate too. I mean, I've seen people lose their ass on real estate. And you have to watch out on these real estate philosophies because they often don't tell you everything, right? And, and, and uh, I kind of summed it up last week when people say, hey, my house is depreciated X amount of dollars. And I often tell people, sell it. Okay, sell your house right now. Okay, I bet you you can't find another house because when your house appreciates, so does everyone else. And then if everybody sells in that market, what are you going to buy in? A high market? All right, what, what, you, what you got back for that house you can't find another house your size at the price you bought it at originally. Most people have high appreciation and never sell their house. Uh, what, what happens is they take money out. All right. They use that appreciation and that equity and they use it to invest in other things. All right. But you can't sell that house when you have high appreciation. So all you have is numbers on the paper. And then when their appreciation and the value goes down, guess what? You're going to be trying to sell it and you're going to be scrambling. 
and you're going to take a loss. So I always, because I've been studying real estate for a long time. Yes, uh, it's not, you know, I'm not 100% right, but neither is anyone else. All right, but I have a philosophy on how not to get screwed. <laughs> All right, Chief Rocca is in the house. Appreciate you for being here. All right, and I've I've seen people who had properties that they sold for $1.52 million, and they had to move into an apartment because they had nowhere to move. They sold it. They sold it high, but there was not enough uh, inventory for them to buy in that same area. There was not enough inventory for them to buy. Once they sold their big house for $1.2 million, $1 $2 million, they couldn't buy again in that area. So they had to move into an apartment temporarily with all their stuff, put all their stuff in storage, but they sold the house, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? It's crazy. Shout out to Europe. And XL Pro Services, uh, he says, get money, not 304s, all right? That's right. And Euro says, learn the F, learn the, learn to F life and continue to let, or continue, he says, learn the F life or continue to let it F you. And life will take a big old salami on you. Shout out to you. Shout out to you and pause. Charlie Brown says, work hard now and or work hard later. Get your bag now. Gotta get my bag and run. <laughs> hey, Charlie, most people want to work hard later. They'll put things off and then they'll think they're going to want to work hard later. And I heard someone, I want to either say it was Dr. Thunder or Dennis Sperling, or it was one of those guys who said, you believe, and if, sorry if I am got the wrong person, you believe you're going to have the energy to work hard later and catch up. Because when you're 25, you think, hey, I got until 35 to chill out. And then at 35, I'm going to get grinding. Nope. Well, your body at 35 is not going to feel the same as it did when you were 25. Neither will your body at 45 feel the same as it did when you're 35. So you're pushing off later and you believe you're going to feel the same way you feel now at 25. No, you're going to have less energy, less strength. Um. And less years to you. And then if you're working with your body, you're you're gonna you're gonna your body's not gonna be able to do what it does at 25. Okay. This is why we tell you at 18 to 30, build your life then, and then by then you can take off because you don't have to put all that hard work in. But I'm 46. I don't feel the same way as I did when I was 36. And I'll show you pictures. When I was 36, I was muscled up and leaner and ripped, ripped, and I had time to push weight around. I ain't got no energy to push that weight around like that no more. I don't. Not like that. And I don't. And when I look at pictures of myself, I'm like, yeah, I could look like that, but I don't want to. <laughs> All right. Because I don't want to do what it takes to get to that anymore. I did when I was 36. I did when I was 26. Now at 46, I'm like, that's not as valuable to me anymore. All right. Um, but yeah, work hard now or work hard later. <laughs> All right. Swing Out Museum says, you need you need some stress, pressure, or paranoia to get to the next level. Drug usage, especially weed, tends to make you contempt and less productive. Uh, I don't want to violate the the weed heads and the four twenty in the in the process, but uh, when you do things like that and it, it it puts you in a relaxed state, uh, you're going to get the results. Typically, people who do that don't excel. Typically, right? Same thing as a single mother thing. Typically, all right. Uh, same thing is uh, you do need stress and paranoia and pressure. This is why. Somebody mentioned this. <laughs> uh, 
somebody mentioned this earlier. If you live in an apartment complex, like one of those big apartment complex where they have those big metal doors where people come in and out and they slam the door, cling, and everybody in the apartment complex, somewhere in downtown, they're up all night. You know, you hear cars blowing, taxis, taxis blowing the horn. Bah, bah. People talking, talking late, arguing up until 11, 12 o'clock. Can you sleep? You can't sleep. And so what, what the point of that is, is the point of that is, is when you, when you get money, you move away from that. So your ass can sleep. <laughs> okay. Because you don't need that in order to, you don't need that in order to, uh, uh, you don't need that distraction because it's not going to get you. And so in order to become successful, you got to move away from all that. So you don't have the amalams running up and down the street. All the areas of night, two o'clock, and everybody's shooting and clapping, and then the ghetto bird driving over your house, flying over your house. You know they doing a high speed chase in the middle of your damn neighborhood. <laughs> um, Florida Henry, I work seventy to one hundred hours a week since being in the military at eighteen. I and need my eight hours. Get them. Hey, them eight hours are important. Get him. Get him. <laughs> All right, Jay Mead says, my blue chip strategy is simple. Keep work. He says, keep hustling, work hard, and don't prioritize women. And, of course, pay my tuition to the coach. Thank you, Jay Mees. All right, that's that's how men should be able to do it, guys. I don't know if you guys, I, I've talked about this, and we'll do a couple more Super Chats. Um, we've talked about this, is that, um, hold on for a second. Let me see where I have my thought. Oh, men in the past, men in the past uh, used to have a lot of things that they needed to accomplish even early in our lives, we either lived in an agrarian culture, which means we had to get up, we had to, you know, plant, we had to cultivate and all of that stuff. So young men were involved in that process. Um, those men who didn't live in an agrarian culture often had to fight wars. So you were frontline. So you were put out even in the Spartan days, right? Or any other days in the African jungle, you probably at 13 were a man. Now you can learn how to defend. Uh, those people that didn't defend had to hunt. Okay. Hey, we going out to hunt. We got to eat. Okay. So you had the idea that you had to hunt and then you had the people who build. Um, then you had the people watch this. Uh, I won't get involved in that. Uh, talk about that, but you had to learn how to hunt. So you were either defending, hunting, cultivating, or, or producing building. All right. So this is what men used to do. So the idea that men chased women 24 seven, all right. And they were running game and they were uh, they were they were what do you call it? Um, they were sourcing women. See, that's a modern concept of weak ass men. That's a modern concept taught by weak ass men to weak ass men. There's no way in hell. That men in the past could be sitting around sourcing women and hunting down women 24 seven. That shit. What PUA sells you that shit? You could, there was never a time in history where you could do that until today. There was no damn Instagram. There was no people 40, 50 years old dating. But we now we have people that are 40, 50 because the divorce rate's so high. You got these people looking for love. Mm. And you're out here chasing ass because that's all you have available to you. You no longer have to gather a uh, hunt. You no longer have to gather. You no longer have to cultivate. You no longer have to defend and fight. You no longer have to, you don't want to learn shit until you're 28 as opposed to 13. So these years between 13 and 28, all you're doing is chasing ass. Because here's another fact about this, and I'm just kicking it to you real. 
most people didn't even live in major cities in the history of the time, in the history of the world, okay? Most cities weren't millions of people stacked on top of each other where there's just ass, abundance of ass everywhere and you're just distracted by ass. Most people lived in small towns. As a matter of fact, most Americans live in small towns to this day. And they, I'm counting everything under 500,000 residents, maybe 250,000. Most people live in small areas. They don't live on in Miami, New York, uh, D.C., L.A., uh, Detroit, not Detroit, Dallas. And so we're distracted because we able to have made life simpler. We put the poor people in major metroplexes and call them livable areas, which is almost unlivable because if you turn the damn electricity off, everybody's done, right? If the food truck delivery services stop delivering, you're done. All right. And so, um, and so what I'm, the whole point of this is, is men in the past hustled. There was no choice. Men in the past worked. There was no choice. Men in the past never prioritized women. And women, in the essence, found a man at some particular point, or they were an old-ass maid, and they became a, a, a nanny. And everybody worked. Every, most people stayed together if they were together. All right? Most men died before age 20. All right? You were lucky to make it past the age of 20. And so this idea that you're chasing ass and running game on women, that is a lazy ass man's approach to life. You're going to you're going to pay for that in the end. Trust me. You're going to pay for that shit in the end because that is not the essence of a man. It's not. That has not been the essence of a man since forever. All right. And there weren't that many available women for you to chase in your area. Like go to some of these small towns. And I'm listening to some dude talk about sourcing women. And I live in a small last town. I live in Rock Springs, Wyoming. What the? What? How the hell am I going to source women? And there's only 10 available women that got their teeth in my area. And there's, trust me, there's a lot more Rock Springs, Wyoming's than there are Los Angeleses. This is what we're telling you. Get to work. <laughs> you live in, in Blythe, California. You live somewhere in the middle of them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> There's only 10 available women. Half of them are married. Half of them are not married. Most of them are fat. Some of them are drunk. Some of them are too old. Some of them are too young. You got 10 women to choose from in your whole town. But you're going to run game. That's what we have to understand. Yeah, <laughs> come on, man. <laughs> you need to get to work. That's what your ass need to do. Now that I've went off on that tangent, let's go ahead and go here. Uh, talk about this. Uh, let's see here. Let's talk about the military thing since people brought it up. We're talking about waking your ass up. Uh, basic training right here. Here's the military.com. Uh, if you do want to go to the military, go. I, I wouldn't go myself, but if that's something you want to do, do it. I do respect the men who do it. All right. I have men in my relatives that have gone military as well. All right. Uh, it says right here, waking up and going to sleep. Basically right here, he says, getting that morning wake up call and military basic training. There's no such thing as sleeping in. You'll get up at 5 a.m. every single day. As I used to say, we do more before 9 p.m., 9 a.m. than most people do in their entire lifetime. Okay. 
He says waking up in the morning is an adjustment process that every that's the same for every single basic training class. When you arrive, the drill instructor requires a lot of noise, yelling and jostling to get everyone off the rack. Then sometime around week four, all it takes is for the drill instructor to enter the room in the early morning and quietly say, get up. And everyone pops out of the bunk and immediately begins their morning routine. It is amazing. So we're talking about breaking the pattern and changing your life. So if you like, I can't get up until 830. All right. What you'll find out is that there's a lot of distraction by 830. There's a lot of distraction by 830. And this is why I get up early, even on Saturday and Sunday. Saturday is my sleep in day. I reward myself by letting myself sleep in where I don't have to get up at 6 a.m., I can get up at 7.30, all right, or 7, as long as my dog allows me to sleep, right? So um, what, will, what will happen is most people will say, nah, man, I can't get up. Well, there's distraction, right? By the time 8.30 is up, most ham and eggers are up. And most ham and eggers are bringing us mediocre problems that we have to solve. They're already, ham and eggers are already causing problems and conflicts in the world. They're already, they're bringing their bullshit to the world by 8.30. Uh, they're causing traffic for all the lemmings that are sitting in the freeway traffic, right? So they're, they're, they're complicating things by 8.30. By, by 9, 10 o'clock a.m. for sure, the Hammonagers have got up and started complicating stuff. They've, they've, they've ransacked the gym. The gym is all crowded. They've drove to the gym just to walk on the treadmill. They're taking up the space. You know what I mean? So the Hammonagers have got up and distracted the world by 8.30, 30, 10, all right? They've caused car accidents. Their car done broke down in the middle of the road. You know what I mean? They See, the ham and eggers already messed up. So what I would tell you is get up before the ham and eggers get up so you can be productive. All right. Have you ever got to work nine o'clock? As soon as you get into work, there's problems already. Ham and eggers already at your door. Uh, we got to solve this and we got to have a meeting and we got to sit here. By the time you got a meeting, it's 1030. You had 100, 128 things to accomplish. But now you just getting started at 1030 and then the ham and eggers say you want to go to lunch at noon. OK. And then by the time you come back from lunch, it's 130. You got three hours, maybe three hours to solve the problem. And then your boss says, hey, we got to stay in late. We got to stay here late. Now you're like calling your babysitter. Oh, you call it up the kid, somebody to pick up your kid from school. Oh, man, we got to stay late, man. Everybody didn't get their work done. Of course they didn't because everybody started at 1030. OK, what I do is. What I do is I get up early before all that bullshit starts. And I can quietly get my stuff done. And I can get done more stuff done between six and eight than I can between 8.30 and 5 p.m. Right? Because if I'm working with other people, they're distracting me with their bullshit. Okay. There's less distraction and you're more productive. I used to hit my office early when I had to go into the office I used to hit it early because even my boss would come in and BS because they don't have to do what I have to do. They would come in and sit up in my office and BS and yuck it up. By the time the, my boss would leave, it's 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Now I'm like, shit, I got to messed up. So I would come in early just to prevent them, prevent, prevent our secretary from bothering me. Prevent, present, I would prevent the basketball players from coming in with their bullshit problem. All right. So. This is why I used to get up early, and this is the military time right here. And they said they hit the sack lights out at 9 p.m., ex uh, except during special events, which I will stay up for special events as well. Um, and basic training lights 
mean lights out means go to sleep. It doesn't mean talk to your buddy, study, or write a letter home. However, these kinds of distractions generally aren't a problem. In basic training, you'll be so tired all the time that falling asleep at night shouldn't be an issue. Yeah, by by time 9:30 comes around, and I always tell people, don't bring me problems after nine o'clock. By the time 9:30 runs around, I have no problem falling asleep. Matter of fact, I'll I'll just knock out. Okay. I'll knock out definitely by 10. And every now and then I'll be up to 10, 30, 11. It's every now and then. It's not routinely. But I'll I'll knock out by 10 o'clock for sure. All right. If nobody's here and it's quiet and I got everything done, 10, 30, I mean, 10 o'clock, no problem. All right. What is more difficult is trying to keep from falling asleep during class time. So I know if I stay up past that time, uh, there's that point in no return where you'll stay up till 12 a.m. And then you say, well, I might as well just stay up then. Right. Because then it's 12, 1, you're kind of up. You you don't have that, you don't have that sensation of going to sleep. And then now you're up to one, two, doing some bullshit, you'll knock off, and then you won't be able to get up at six. But if you have to get up at six, you won't be productive. You'll be falling asleep in the meetings and all that stuff. All right. Um here they're talking about the di- different patterns of sleep. It's it's different for everybody. So I'm not saying you got to get up early, but what I'm saying is the most productive people, they're up early unless they have a job that prevents them to doing that. Like, right, they're third shifters. Um, here it is here. Um, if you find it easier to wake up in the morning, you have lots of energy, you're a morning person or a lark. If you're a night owl, you'll typically have energy, big energy at 11. So if you are a night owl, I would suggest that um, you pick a job or a career that uh, caters to that. If you're going to work nine to five, don't be a night owl. I'm just letting you know right now. It's going to be a mess. Uh, work second or third shift. Then you'll be, it'll work out for you. All right. How much sleep do you need? They're talking about the number of sleep. It varies by age. It says babies initially sleep 16 to 18 hours per day. This is because they're growing and it boosts growth. Um, a lot of people that don't grow oftentimes are early birds. If they're early birds, you know what I mean? They wake up as a kid, 536 in the morning. They'll be probably small. <laughs> uh, but if they a kid that uh sleep does sleep, they'll probably be big. Kid. That it's it goes with the territory. School age children and teens on average need 9.5 hours of sleep a night. Um, they're adjusting the school schedule for that. And most adults need seven to nine hours of sleep before the age of 60. Nighttime sleep tends to be shorter and lighter and interrupted by multiple awakenings. So Seven to nine hours. Let's talk about basketball players because people mention LeBron James. Um, basketball players like LeBron James reveals that the nighttime routine reveals the nighttime routine that helps him perform at the highest level. Now, LeBron James, Kobe Bryant, they've all been uh, proponents of sleep. Uh, but what you have to understand is you ain't LeBron James. So don't say LeBron James gets 10 hours of sleep. All right. LeBron James says he gets eight hours, ideally 10. You ain't LeBron. All right, you ain't a high-performing performing energy that performs at peak physical level every night. And you're depending, the, the franchises and billion-dollar franchises are dependent on you to perform at a high level. Um, and the reason why they also sleep like this is because their travel schedule is brutal. I mean, I did college basketball coaching for 15, 16 years. Travel schedule is brutal, right? So you're traveling, time zone differences, you're playing late at night, tip-offs at 7, all right? You're going to sleep, or you're you're in your draws watching them tip off at 7. 
and then doing post-game interview and then doing post-game meal and then getting back to the hotel, all right, at one, two, three in the morning. So you're not LeBron. Okay, and then when they go to these travel cities on their days off, they're going to restaurants or they're getting their mood, uh, food catered in. Uh, they're doing pregame shoot around at noon. Okay, and they're using their physical. It's completely different. Um, and I know that because I've traveled as an athlete and a coach. So the routines are not what it is for the normal ham and egger and even the nine of fiver. It is not the same at all. You tip off at seven. Sometimes you might tip off on the West, on the, if you play, if you play in New York and you travel into the West Coast, that's why they only do it, play everybody on the West Coast once. You travel from New York, you play on the West Coast, they tipping off uh, at seven o'clock uh, East West Coast time. And that's 10 o'clock your time. That's 10 o'clock. That's 10 o'clock your time. 10 p.m. Okay, so you're used to tipping off at 7. Now you're tipping off at 10 p.m. All right, so it's it's a messed up situation here. Uh, you got to understand that. Uh, let's see here. How much sleep do you need? Let's see if we're, oh, we're talking about night owls, basic training. Resetting your sleep clock. What if you have trouble? You're a 9 to 5 and you want to go back from being a night. You're a night owl, but you'll be better as a, 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 a early bird. Uh, resetting your clock, improving your rest. Manipulate the lighting. So if you want to be guided by the light, uh, manipulate the lighting. Uh, like you can put dark shades on your on your window or your blinds or your curtains. Or you can make sure that you stay up uh, in certain areas of the time of the day and, don't, uh, and, and try to get your sleep in. I wouldn't suggest taking sleeping pills. All right, fasting will help. All right, normalizing mealtimes, being disciplined. Somebody says, don't go camping, pull an all-nighter. That's kind of normalizing your clock. Stay up a little bit. Uh, go to bed a little bit earlier and try to figure out how to do that. Take gradual steps. Promote healthy sleep. It says right here, uh, stick, stick with your plan. All right, this is a part of being disciplined. All right, people don't want to be disciplined and then make excuses. We're going to talk about vacation next. Um, but I'm completely, I'm, um, let me see here. In terms of uh, like your time and organizing your time schedule, I'm very much a disciplined person. Uh, this is how I pattern my day, just in case somebody's wondering. So I get up early in the morning, 5.30, 5.30 for sure to get up. And I pretty much do the same thing. I pattern my schedule around everything that I have to do. Um, and then what I do is I get up at 5.30. I plan my stream, thumbnail, all that stuff. Then I take my dog for a small walk, all right, so she can pee and poop. Then I feed her. Then I get her to where she needs to be comfortable so I can avoid her for the next two and a half to three hours because then I prepare for my stream. So sometimes I'll eat breakfast in between this point. If I don't eat breakfast, man, my day's thrown off. All right, just slightly. Then between 11 o'clock my time, 11 o'clock and 2 p.m., I do all of my errands and my doctor's appointments, dentist appointments. I do stretch therapy two, two times a week or I do my workout. All right, so it's always, always the same. All right, and then between two, p.m. and 7 p.m. That's where I'm doing back to this type of stuff or I'm doing my other work outside of this. So 2 to 7 p.m. I'm preparing for the next stream, picking up my kids from school, shuttling them around where they need to go, answering messages, checking on the YouTube stuff um, and doing all of that stuff. All right. Checking on emails, investments, bank account, all of that stuff. All right. I do that between there. 
And then from seven o'clock and on, I try to be quiet. All right. If there's a woman involved in this, um, I, if there's a woman involved in this, what I do is I bring her through the hours of seven to 10. All right. Seven to 10, maybe eight to 10. But then once I let them know if they can't come at seven, seven thirty or eight, I say it's going to be a short night for you. All right. Just letting you know, your ass got to go by 10, 1030 tops. All right. So I'm not trying to make it all nighter. And if if a woman does happen to sleep over, which is very rare, we in bed. All right. Uh, take your ass to bed. All right. I ain't trying to be up all night getting in third round and fourth round. OK. I really don't care about third or fourth round. All right. I didn't have peace leave. So it ain't like I got to go in for thirds and fourths. All right. I'll get that in another day. All right. There, the peace leave will be here. Get your ass out. <laughs> Somebody says, do you go to stretch lab coach? Yes. I go to a stretch lab. All right. In which somebody does a uh, perception uh, PNF stretch therapy with me because I'm sitting. I'm oftentimes, you know, stress, stressing my shoulders. So I go to a stretch lab two days a week. Um, that's part of my maintenance. And it's a necessity to me, man. I'm going to tell you, it changed, changed my life because I don't stretch on my own. So I do use assisted stretch to help me. Let's do the super chats. And then I stretch women out. <laughs> Let me see here. Shout out to Tony Sosa says, uh, what's up, coach? I've always uh, woke early no matter what time I went to sleep. It's natural to me. I may get a nap in during the day sometime. Yes, I'm, I'm the same way. I, even if I stayed out late, the sun's up, I'm up, right? I'm like, damn, I got in at 2.30. If I see the sun up, I'm like, I'm up. Um, but yeah, napping is very good. I oftentimes, I don't do it much anymore, but there was a point where I had to nap, all right? I had to get a nap in. And if I didn't get that nap in, my next part of my day was going to be effed up. All right, Florida Henry, I'm, I'm the same at 9 p.m. I'm ready to sleep and 3.04 start texting. Guys, you got to understand that's how women work. All right, women work uh, the with a couple of reasons why they work that way. And I'll give it I'll give them credit. I'll give them credit. Um, the reason why they work that way is a lot of times they've been they had to in the past biologically have to still be alert at this time of the day. OK, they still had to be alert at this time of the day because kids don't be going to sleep. You know what I mean? Kids are start up or a lot of times they they just put the kid to bed and still have responsibilities to do after that. All right, so their clock is typically going to be different, right, in the pace. So that's one thing. Now, the next part of that is uh, the freaks come out at night. Typically, her inhibitions are going to be lowered after this time, in which then they can start flirty game. This is why they do very well going to nightclubs and all of that stuff, right? They have no problems. They'll do pregame, get a couple of drinks in them. Oftentimes, the drinks do help them uh, do these things, and their inhibitions get lowered. Uh, but most of the time, they're still in their programming. Right. And then they're sneaky. So sneaky people stay up at, uh, at night. They can be sneaky. Their neighbors are asleep and then they can sneak men in. So they have to take they have to take hookup calls at 930, 1030, 1130, 1230. Nobody see them. Right. So if you're sneaking sneaky links in or you're just tipping, tipping in, tipping out, you're going to wait till everybody sleep. It's pretty simple. All right. And so this is why they start messing around with you at 9, 30, 10 and 10, because now what's happening is they don't have nobody pounding that peace leave out. So they're going to search for somebody to mess around with. 
because they want to get that sexual energy out. So they want to mess around with you and flirt with you at 9, 930 and 10. Nope. Mm. Not I. So I've oftentimes got rid of 304s that way. I don't want no parts of that. All right. Octavius Baker says 12-year Navy veteran here. The early bird gets the worm. The early bird gets the worm. I don't, I believe that 100%. I often found that people that get up late oftentimes are complaining about something that they could have got up a little bit earlier for, for and got it. Well, why do they get to, and I swear to God, they never get it. They'd be like, I'm like, well, why didn't you get up early? Well, I, I need my sleep. Okay, so as a result, you didn't get it, period. The person that got up beat you to it, period. I mean, come on, man. It's too, it's too easy. Now, if you can't get up, well, I need my sleep. I need my circadian rhythm is programmed. Okay. Well, get it at midnight then. But the worms will sleep at midnight. They nice it up in the morning. It's easy. I don't get that, man. And I will never feel bad for people who don't get what they want out of life, but they prioritize sleep and they're not where they want to be in life. I'll never feel bad for you. Never. Well, out of my circadian rhythm, I'm a, I'm a night owl. Okay. I mean, what do you want me to do? Go get it at night. I don't know. But, but what typically happens with night owls are because everybody sleep, nothing's happening. So they got to wait until everybody gets up. And that's when the worms start. But I have to grow up. Just like in this Steve Harvey comment section. Right here. They start coming up. Well, I can't do it. And I can't do it. I'd rather prefer. And rich people are not happy. See, most of them rich people are not happy. I need my sleep. All right. It's unhealthy not to go. I guarantee you this person's fat. They always want to talk about unhealthy when it's something like this. Oh, it's unhealthy not to get this. And my mental health is this. I guarantee you they fat and they eat McDonald's breakfast for, for breakfast. I bet you they don't make their own breakfast. I bet you they're poor. I bet. See, it's easy to disagree with sleep because it's, it's something you need. All right. You're like, ah, you know, I need my sleep. Okay. Well, when you're not where you need to be, that's the result. It's too easy. People are lazy. This is why they call them ham and eggers. A, a mediocre person. Okay. Stay mediocre. You could take a nap for all I care at noon on your lunch break in your car. But if you're going to complain in life that you're not where you want to be in your ass and sleep, I don't know what to tell you. Speak mind says, for the morning service, Reverend C.G. Adams. Thank you, sir. Reverend C.G. Adams. That's how they do it, too. Ricky Bobby says there isn't enough money in the ghetto to escape the ghetto. Position yourself where the money is like stock and crypto. You got to position yourself. People don't want to sacrifice. People don't want to sacrifice. And again, I hear a noise. I might have to run a commercial. Um, Again, people don't want to make that initial sacrifice. They don't want to make that initial sacrifice. Not saying, hold on for a second. I got to run a commercial because I hear a noise and I can't have the noise that I'm hearing. I got to, it's a little bit uh, making me uncomfortable. Hold on.
we're back. I took care of the problem. I had to show the blinky. <laughs> All right. But um, yeah, man, whatever I was saying, I think people don't want to make that initial sacrifice to break their conditioning. And so they'll live 20, 30 years doing what they want, as opposed to doing five years breaking their conditioning and then living the 25 years of what they really like in life. Florida Henry says, you are hitting all the points. I paid an extra 90 grand in South Beach for a quiet place so I can sleep at night. That's just when people be like, you moved out of the ghetto and you moved to the suburbs. You know why? I, I like peace. I don't like getting my car broken in. I don't like the Amalams running down the avenue all that night. I don't like the ghetto bird chopper flying over my neighborhood. I don't like people partying until two o'clock in the, in, at night in the apartment next door to me or in the house. I don't like roosters waking me up at 5 uh, a.m. Because my neighbor has roosters. You know what I mean? I like to live behind the gate. I like to live where it takes you a while to get to my ass. Uh, if they want to start burning down the street and rioting, they got to think about coming out here to plan that shit. See, you got to pay the extra for that to, to not have that stress. To not have that stress, you got to pay for that. To be able to sleep at night without traffic driving up and down your boulevard because you live on a corner uh, apartment complex. People, car accidents all at 2 a.m. Drunk ass people. You got to pay for that. <laughs> You got to pay for that. Shinobi Style says, real deal, coach. Just pick up a Matthews Atlas comp compound bow. Picking up archery. Time to hunt. Peace. Coach gang, man, for real, man. Hunting is the real deal. All right, Charlie Brown says, uh, going three for three today on the Super Chats today. The more passive income you have, the more sleep you can get. Thanks for your service, coach. Hashtag free agent lifestyle, right? Again, trading time for money is a principle we talked about. A lot of people are willing to trade time for money all their lives. Um, I always talked about this. You're either paid for production or paid for uh, a trade of time and uh, money. Um, people then develop passive income, residual income, et cetera, et cetera. They become investors. And that's how you become uh, more or less rich or more or less able to sleep. Right? But if you got to get up to more this morning because... You got to get paid. You're going to miss. You're going to be constantly in the cycle. You never break it. We're trying to get people to break it. All right. And again, free agent lifestyle encourages peace, quiet and freedom for men. How do you get there? Peace is going to help uh, financial peace. Lack of uh, relationship stress peace. What about if you live with a night owl? Your girlfriend's a night owl. Your wife's a night owl. But you're a morning uh, uh, early bird. You're going to be effed up. You are, your relationship going to be effed up. It is not going to be a compatible relationship. You guys are going to be in all kind of bullshit. All right. Even if it, you flip it, vice versa, she's an early bird and you're a night owl. It's going to be some bullshit. DGC more blessed CGA been MIA in the engineering lab, focusing on my career. Keep it fire in 2022. Thank you, sir. Rusty Shackelford says, coach, give me a Biden backed up with the, I got money. We'll give you the short Biden. Uh, I told you to do Biden. Anybody else of Biden supporters in here? All right, shout out to here. I can never find it. Hey, I told you to do Biden. <laughs> I got money. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. When you're poor, I don't understand why you're sleeping at all. Adrian Paul TV CGA, what are your views on a 20 to 30 minute nap midday? Like I said, you sit this beforehand. 
I used to take naps. I used to get up when I got up at 425 in the morning and I, I put a vlog up of me in my day as a fitness trainer. I don't know where I put it on, though. I don't know what channel I might have put it on my fitness channel, but I would get up 425 a.m. And then by the time I'm done, by 1130, 12, I would take a nap. All right. I would take a nap. Because if I didn't get that nap, my next schedule was 2.30, 3.30, 4.35, all the way to 7 o'clock. And then if I wanted to mess around or do whatever. So I needed that nap. All right. So I, I would tell people, wake up early, do what you need to do, then go back to sleep. That's fine. If you didn't get enough sleep, you can take the nap. All right, guys, you, what are you missing between, what are you missing between 12 and 2? 12 p.m. and 2 8, uh, p.m. What are you missing? Most of the ham and eggers ain't doing nothing anyway. <laughs> you ain't missing a damn thing. All right, but you're missing a lot between 6.30 and 8.30 a.m. You're missing the world. The world is happening between 6.30 and 8.30. All right. So 12.30, 12th power nap. All right. He said, Maury, the Maury show. All right. Yep. Jay says, keep the message going, coach. Appreciate you. Tony Ocasio, sub CGA, make sure to invest in these specific cryptos. Solana, Maker, Cardano. These cryptos are going to shoot up heavy this year. Buy them now. I got some in my pocket, too. All right, Triggerverse says, speaking of waking up early, I'm trying to make an NFT connected to a physical product, jumping on an early opportunity. And so, yeah, these opportunities, these met metaverse type of deals, crypto and all that stuff allows you to make money kind of in your sleep, in essence. All right, but people don't want to sacrifice. I, I tell you, man, even on those, even though I do say crypto is going to crash, I, I predicted it, it did. It'll be back. Uh, people were still waiting like this. Oh, wow. People are still sleeping on great opportunities, man. This is the new industrial revolution. This is the new. This is the new gold rush. This is the new. Uh, this is the new. Um, what do you call it? Uh, the 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 dot com bubble. That's what we're living in right now. And the rich are getting richer, and the poor are getting poorer right now. And we're separating the people between the rich and the poor. The gap is going to widen like crazy. In the next five years, the gap is going to be so wide. People, you missed it. I'm telling you, you're going to look back and say, damn, I missed it. Now, what is it that's going to hit? We don't know, but I would, I would be leveraging something. You know what I mean? I would be leveraging something like if you like the middle, the metaverse is bullshit. I would still leverage for it or against it. Like put your money where your mouth is. If you think the metaverse is bullshit, short it. If you think the housing market is, 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 uh, is, is going to crash, short it. If you think it's going to be healthy, put your money where your mouth is. Start buying properties right now before the interest rate rides. Go ahead, do it. But people don't do it. They just talk shit. Uh, crypto is going to be a scam. Okay, short against crypto. Like invest against crypto rising. Like 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 buy buy a bunch of gold and buy buy uh keep keep like remove your money from the banks and put it in the mattress on your mattress. <laughs> like you know what I mean? Like do something like that, but you won't do it. You know, I'll just keep making dollars, pull it out of the bank, put it under my mattress. It'll be more valuable than crypto. Like, that's what I want to hear people do, but they don't do it. They just sit there and wait, 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 wait. And then when it rises to the point, oh, let me get some now. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's weird, man. I think people are, they won't put their money where their mouth is. All right.
Peace leave ain't never going out of business. Guys, if you ever want to be wealthy, buy some, uh, like, get a business and build it around women. I'm going to tell you this right now, and I'm always thinking of this opportunity. Get a business and center it around women. Like a product. Not a service, a product. Or use them, use their sexuality, sell against it. Or sell their sexuality. Like, you know what I mean? Like run an OnlyFans account, pimp, whatever it is. You'll never go out of business. Or send it around strong and independent women. Dog walkers for uh, strong and independent women. Women that, like something like that. Dog groomer. You know, women gonna have dogs. Dog groomer. I have a dog groomer that comes to my house to give my dog a bath. They drive up in the van, right? So these women gonna need you to have somebody walk their dog, drive and groom it. They don't have time for this. They don't have time for this. They're not gonna do it. They just want the pet uh, for security reasons. Find it around women or it's going to be in the market somewhere real estate market insurance market financial market it, it, that's where the money's going to be it's never going to be around services it's never going to be around services you can make a good living around services but if you want to kill it mess in the markets or assert, have a product for women Yeah, put together IKEA furniture. You know how many women go up to IKEA? They don't look. They don't even have the truck to take their furniture back to their house. Okay, we're talking real right now. I would if I would buy a truck and go around my neighborhood telling them people, or just staying around on IKEA because they come out with the IKEA cart and they trying to shove this damn box in their damn. Uh, little ass Nissan Altima. They go to Ikea, but they know they ain't going to be able to get the damn box home. And then who going to put the furniture together? Them? I had a girlfriend that had a box, an Ikea box, and it sat there. It was a desk or a bookcase. I can't remember. That shit sat there for six months until I came over and built it. Somebody says TaskRabbit offers IKEA furniture bills. It's crazy. You ever see them at IKEA? They trying to get it into they, <laughs> they trying to get it into the backseat of they Nissan Altima. I'm looking out like that shit ain't gonna fit. And I got my big ass truck there. I don't shop at IKEA no more though. All right, let's see. Last couple right here. M Lavo says, Coach uh, had to go to get the baseball bat yeah he says francisco at the door singing for his girl to come out coach gang is really a gang level up gents 100 this we talk about leverage leveraging with women and leverage and everything else all right but if you're a sleeper guy i get it go ahead and sleep uh younger young viking says uh dating is flat dead 2022 i'm tired of dealing with women who act like they have high interest especially through dating apps but hit you with the oh i have to know you or maybe i don't no time to keep stacking my loot into Coinbase. Um, yeah. Uh, the the one thing that we have to understand is, uh, you know, in a dating, this is why we try to get men to guide you around this. You guys, we distract our lives because women are so available to us. We assume they're available. We have the, you know, women have this as well. They have the, they have the illusion of choice. They think they have choice because they have a lot of men interested in them. They really don't have choice. 
uh, ladies are just going to end up sharing the top value men. All right. And that disappointed in the end. But we have the illusion of availability. You're like, how can we miss? There's so many women on these dating apps. They're not all available to you. Even if they schedule something with you, they're going to flake. They're going to flake. This is why I tell you to double book. All right. I literally on seeking, on even, even using seeking, I know there's a high flake rate. Even when money's on the table, they'll flake. I double book when I use uh, seeking. Because I know even if I'd be like, hey, I got money. I still double book. I remember one time I, I went through a week. I literally double booked four days. I had eight women lined up. You know how many people I, I met up with? Three. <laughs> Three followed through. Two canceled two hours prior to the meeting. Now, this was the this was the meeting where they the, the peace leave was going to be given up. So what happened? One woman, oh, I got sick. Oh, I got sick. After confirming, 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 confirming the previous night, confirming the morning, confirming that afternoon, confirming three hours before, two hours before. Oh, I'm not feeling good. But I know they're going to do that. Flake. All right. Um, and then another one said, oh, I got into a car accident. Now, what do I listen? Am I going to believe them? Nope. I don't believe them. Other opportunities come up. A better offer comes up. They don't feel like it. They, they were going to do it, but now they talk themselves out of it. Uh, a friend wants them to go somewhere. You know what I mean? This is, listen, this is what women do. And I know that. They change their mind. They thought they could do it, but they can't do it. So it is what it is. Okay? They funny like that. And I don't take it personal. I basically tell them, hey, uh, that was your opportunity. Uh, unless it's somebody that I've been in process with, even on regular dating, even if I've been in the process with you and you flake, that's fine. I've already had it a couple times and I'm good. But if this is the initial meeting, the initial setup and you flake, you're done. I automatically disqualify you. There's no second chance. All right. I give you no second chances. Hey, maybe we could reschedule. Maybe we can have a rain check. No, I have choice. So I'm good. You missed your boat. You missed your boat. You automatically get this. I swear to God, I had four days. I double booked. I had eight girls, three follow through, three, three out of eight. Two said they were sick. They canceled two hours before. So I know this. And then the days where I was double booked and had that, I, I, I saw both women. So I know that I'd be like, okay, well, I'm double booked. I'll take care of it. But I double booked. I say, who's the hot? who's highly likely to flake, put them early. And then the second person is somebody you've seen before that you know are going to show up. So if the first person flakes, you're good. Now you have an extra two, two and a half, three hours. Then you see the second person who's guaranteed to show up, almost guaranteed. So this is how you leverage against women. I would never go out into dating today and not double book. Or if I book somebody, if I book somebody, uh, for a date or a meetup or a uh, situation where it's a layup and I book them, I will book them in a prime spot. Double book. This is the only way you will survive out here. It's the only way you survive in this dating market. Double book. Uh, uh, yeah, my grandma died. Oh, there's too much traffic. Oh, and most of the time it's too much traffic because they left late. All right. Brown, because they don't prepare. I'm telling you, man, you guys got to treat women how, how they really are, not how you wish them to be. They are distracted. 
They got a lot of choices. They're multitasking. They're trying to please their boss over here. They're getting another fielded offer better than yours, whether it's a pay date, uh, a, a legit date. They'll get a better offer last minute. Uh, their ex showed up. Their kid got sick. Their dog died. Their grandma died. Everything happens with them. It's a damn emergency. So you can schedule a week in advance, and they ask, well, crap out an hour before. And you confirm, can't wait to see you. Oh, I'm looking forward to seeing you on Tuesday. I can't wait to see you. Oh, good. Hey, I'm going to see you, right? Oh, yeah, I'm going to see you for sure. Nothing's going to stop me. Oh, I can't wait right now. The energy build up an hour before. Mm. <laughs> oh, you know what? Hate to do this to you. I just basically like, okay. You weren't the only one anyway. He says, what if they don't cancel? Again, go ahead. You're, you're good. If they don't cancel, then play it out. Or they got their period. Or they got cramps. Like stuff happens unexpectedly to them all the time because they don't really prepare. They got to play it by the moment. They got their period. Oh, I got my period. Oh, I got my period early. Or the last dude they met, now she thinks she's pregnant. She got an STD. There's a whole bunch of things that could happen to them. They can't find their car keys. <laughs> I mean, never take it personal. The way you hedge against that is double book. But you don't double book for the same time. You don't say, I'm going to meet Tiffany and Tamika at 7.30 on Tuesday. You never do that. You say, I'll meet Tiffany at 5.30. She's the most likely to flake. And Tamika is a sure bet at 8.30, at 8 o'clock. She's a sure bet. She, Tamika will never miss. But uh, Tiffany, she's flaky. This is the first time I'm meeting Tiffany. Put her ass up front. So that if she does flake, or like say, for instance, you're just meeting her for Starbucks. You're just meeting her at a restaurant. You're just meeting her out at the park. If she, if she shows up, it's going to be a short date anyway. You can meet up with Tamika still. It ain't like you're going to be with her for three hours. Like, you're going to meet with her. Hey, how you doing? Oh, yep. How, you finish your drink? Okay, bye. You go home, take a shower, get ready for Tamika. That's if they both show up. If she flakes, boom, you're good. All right, now I got love time to chill out, wait, do some work, get ready for Tamika at eight. You got to really plan this shit out. And so this is why you don't give women you don't know prime time. You never give them Thursday night. You never give them Friday night. You never give them Saturday night. You always give them Saturday afternoon to where if they flake and they don't show up, oh, well, or you give them Monday or Tuesday. Hey, let's meet Monday night. Let's meet Tuesday night. If they don't show up, you're like, good. I'll just watch football. I'll watch Coach Greg Adams. I'll watch. But if you give they ass Thursday, Friday night, for sure something's going to come up better than you. You give them Saturday night and they fly. Hell, not somebody I don't know. Not a newbie. Not a newbie. And not a normie. All right? No. I, I literally put them in blocks where it's to where if they cancel, it ain't no big day. It ain't no big thing. Whatever. Oh, they canceled on me on Wednesdays. Okay. But if you get all ready Friday night, oh, yeah, man, I'm going to meet this new chick Friday night and she cancels, but you're ready. Okay, now you effed up. Now what are you going to do? Saturday afternoon, 2.30. So that if she flakes 2.30 mini golf, 
Chief Lakes. Okay. Big deal. I can I can now do something else with my time. Um, so s- Sunday afternoon, 2, 2.30, uh, what was I said? 2.30 mini golf. She shows up. Okay. We mini golf for an hour, hour and a half. We might pick up some lunch or early dinner or a drink. Then if it progresses back to the crib, we there at 530, 5.30, 5.30, 6.30, 7.30. Okay, go home. If it doesn't progress, you go to the mini golf. Hey, it was a fun date. You didn't like her. She didn't like you. Boom. All right. Now you separate. Now it's four o'clock. Now you got rest of the time. You got your rest of your Sunday. It's down to, let somebody say, it's down to a science. It's down to a science. I got that shit to where it's almost where, like I'll just tell you yesterday, I had double book. I was double booked yesterday. I was double booked. I put somebody, what was it yesterday? Tuesday. I had an iron board Kaylee during the evening. And I had a Latina chick in the afternoon. The Latina chick came over at 1230. She's a sure layup. I mean, I mean, it's like, it's an easy layup. No, no, no strategy, no nothing. There's, I've already known her for months. It's a layup. All right. And I know it. And I don't even have to put, I could put her anywhere. It's a layup. But I put her up early because I had Kaylee in the afternoon. And there was a Kaylee the previous night who was a for sure layup, right? So <laughs> they're like, damn, coach, you're going crazy out here. The reason why I do this is because I have kids, right? And so when my kids are here, I can't see any action unless I have to go to them. So there has to be weeks where I have to double and quadruple book. <laughs> All right, so so Tuesday comes. So Tuesday comes, the Latina chick, sure fire. She comes over, easy layup. So the iron board Kaylee, the iron board Kaylee is booked at, I think, 7.30 or 8. I was going to do my stream, but my son had a basketball game, so his season's ending. So I was like, I better go to his game. All right. Um, and then, so I went to his game. I was going to come home and do my stream. And then Kaylee was going to show up, but then I had to go run and get a camera from the best buy. So that's why I didn't stream last night, but Kaylee was supposed to come seven 30 or eight. We had it booked for damn near a week. T- text each other. I don't text often text each other. Yeah, we're good. Okay. Look, them. see you Tuesday. See you Tuesday. See you Tuesday. See you Tuesday. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what happened? <laughs> Guess what happened? She she flaked. <laughs> she flaked. But I knew she was going to flake. That's why I booked her Tuesday at that time. So anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Somebody says every man should be living this life. This is the free agent lifestyle. The free agent lifestyle. Hey, guys, it ain't nothing but. And then when I don't want to deal with him, I don't want to deal with him. He says, I'm a Tyrone, just admit it. I'm not a Tyrone. See, a Tyrone would have to do things. A Tyrone is spontaneous. <laughs> We're supposed to be talking about vacation to that women. A Tyrone is spontaneous. A Tyrone takes any all comers at on your time. I'm very selective and I have to strategize. Tyrones, Tyrones have to just be. I'm not a guy like that. I'm not a guy that could just be. Uh, if I'm if I'm if I'm just be, then I got a lot of gorditas and fat white women and fat black women, overweight. 
that when I just be, um, I get a lot of overweight women and older women. Yeah, Tyrone don't book. Tyrone just chilling, scratching his nuts, and then every day somebody says slide through or I'm coming through. So I'm not, I'm not a Tyrone. I, I basically am just, I play it easy. I play it cool. I know what I want. I, I, I stay away from what I don't want. I strategize. I have to book, double book, because I'm not the best offer out there. In my, where I am, I'm not the best offer out here. I don't care what you say. I don't, I, I don't, I'm not the best offer in the looks department. I'm not the best offer financially. I'm not the best offer, uh, you know, uh, whatever. I, I, I'm decent, but I'm not the best. So a woman can be, say she wants to be interested in me, but right around the corner, there's a better offer. <laughs> Scratching his balls, balls. Uh, Brown 310 says, my crypto is earning me more crypto daily. I appreciate you for that one, yeah. <laughs> but I'm in my final form. Remember, we talked about this yesterday. I'm in my final form of man. I basically, like, you either accept me or not. You know what I mean? I don't really don't care. I really don't care what women think about me anymore. You know what I mean? I don't care what they think. I don't care if women qualify me. I'm more, I'm more likely qualifying them than they are qualifying me. Right. I'm more likely going, she don't measure up. Oh, she's asked past my standard. She's a slow night. Um, let's see here. And, and and women, I always tell them, like, I'm not desperate. I'm not desperate for you, your attention, uh, or nothing. Like, I I I got plenty of layups if I need it. You're just another woman. If you wanted to come my way, let's talk about it. If you fit the qualifications. If you don't fit, I ain't sweating. I really don't, I really don't care about women and what they think about me and how that how that uh like if you guys go on dating apps and she'd be like, shame on you, and you shouldn't think this way. And I, I put it out there. I put it out there. If you ain't trying to do whatever space that I have you qualified as, I really don't care. It don't bother me none at all. If a woman says you ain't my type, I don't give a damn. <laughs> there's plenty of people that like me where I am, and there's plenty of layups. He says, I'm in the last quarter. Yep. I'm in the last quarter of female validation to the point. It's like, who gives a damn? Like you are probably like in the do not qualify area. I know what I want. Like I, I literally is like, I know what I want. Like if I don't want weave, I avoid all women that wear weaves. Like you will not qualify. I, there's no, ex, like I don't make exceptions to the rule. If I don't want you with a body full of tattoos, I literally disqualify you. Like, before you can even disqualify me, oh, look, oh, I would give you a chance if you were taller. I'm looking at you like, bro, you ain't even in the wheelhouse. You... See, but they think that they that I take all comers, and I don't. I don't take all comers. I don't give a damn. What, and so it's hard to get here, guys. It's hard to get here. I'm comfortable if if I if I if I look at a woman and be like, oh, I'll pay her for some interaction. And she's literally not just gonna stare at the ceiling and she'd be like, hey, I'm into you too. Okay. But I'm not just gonna go, uh, let me cruise down figure with a bust a nut. Nope. I'll I'll keep my nut. <laughs> I'll be like, I'm not just gonna take anybody to bust on. It's gotta be something that's tr tradable. You know what I mean? Like it's gotta be. Still passionate to an extent. If, if it's not there, I won't do it. But people take all comers. Um, 
the whole thing, um, what do you call it? Uh, the relationship ones, the hope strategist. If she's a hope strategist, she's almost disqualified. Yeah, they think all black men take com all comers. I don't. I, I literally will judge you up and down before I let you in my house. Nope. Mm -mm. No weave. No weave. No extensions. So we're, if we're talking about white women, if she has extensions in, she's almost a no. Almost. <laughs> it depends on what the extensions look like. If it's how I like it, then I might make an exception to the rule. But I don't want to grab a hairful, handful of extensions. I don't. A handful of weave. I don't want any parts of it. I want no parts. It's not something that is gonna it's gonna make it's gonna make my salami do this. I mean, I already know it. I'm just got my arousal level is gonna decrease significantly if I find out it's weave back there. I mean, <laughs> I just that's how I am. If it's a busted Pillsbury biscuit can, I'd just be like this. Believe me, I um, this lady wanted called me out of the blue. Hey, yeah, you know, file me on it. Oh, yeah, she wanted to come over. She was slightly bigger than I thought she was, and I was like this. Now there was a time that I would have took that, no problem. But now I have higher standards, and I have women that are not like that. So now when I go back to that, so now I just be like, I avoid it. I don't want anything big, big, how, how I anticipate it. Nah, I'll be like, nah, it's okay. It's all right. I, that's what stage I am in my life. When I was younger, not so much. I would take, I would have took that and had fun with it. But now I, I won't even bother. <laughs> and I'm not, and I could do that because it's me. I can judge you because you're the one you're coming with me. Now it's different if I'm judging you out in person and I just attacked you because you were big. All right. I'm not, but if you came up to me acting like I'm supposed to do X, Y, and Z for you and you're way over age and you're way overweight for me, I'm going to be like this. I'm like, that's all right. It's real easy. It's I'm in an easy lane. I'm in an easy lane. Like I'm not super duper rich to where cockeyed and snaggletooth and knock knee women are all after me. So I can literally just kind of coast where I need to go. Yeah, if you have, here's another thing that I disqualify and then we'll talk about vacations. I disqualify on any implant, like breast implants. I'm not a big fan of, I'll just be like, I can't have fun. I'd rather them be super soggy than to be implanted. That's just me. That's just my own. This is my own standard. I'd rather them be soggy than to be implanted. I just been with implanted women because I'm landing in California. I've been with implanted women and I just can't have fun. It's not the same. Very few implanted women are feel natural. There's some that do feel natural. Most of them feel pretty much unnatural. And a lot of times when you're on them, they're uncomfortable. They get uncomfortable. They're like, oh, you're squeezing my boob and this and that. Or they're too hard. Um, it's just like, no, I, I don't get the same. I'm like, no. Um, same thing as uh, the BBL. I've never seen a good looking BBL. Not one. Not a one. I'd rather your cheeks be pancake and soggy and dripping at the bottom than to have fake. There's no, it ain't even close. 
<laughs> like, there's no way. I haven't seen one good-looking one where it looked natural, and I was like, wow, look at her butt. I'd rather have a big, wide butt coming through, a big, wide, flat pancake butt than a big BBL. It looks ridiculous to me. I'd rather you be completely flat-backed from the back of your scapula, scapula all the way to completely flat-backed than to be out here with BBL. I don't, I don't get it. And it doesn't look good in clothes. It looks ridiculous all around. It doesn't look natural. So I can do that because you're qualifying for me. And I can literally wipe you out and be like, nope, not that, nope, not that, nope, not that. And then the ones I end up with are people that either desire me enough and I desire them enough. It's a transaction no matter what. And I go with it. But you guys got to understand this. When I told you the 90% rule, you'll end up eliminating 90% of women out here. The more focus you get on your purpose, the more you start making money, you will eliminate naturally 90% of the women you come across. And it ain't funny. When you get to this stage of life, you'll get it. And I remember, and I remember this. I remember I used to listen to PUAs. And I would look at that PUA and I'll mention the name. I'll mention the name. There used to be a guy, I think he's called 33 Secrets or something like that. Shout out to him. He's kind of PUA-ish. So what he would say was, he, he and the likes of him will say, no women over 28. Right? And I'd be sitting there watching them like this here. What? And I would go, there's no way that's true. Why? Because I wasn't in the position he was. So I was desperate. I was taking all comers. I was banging out 40 plus year old women. I was banging overweight women. I was. Do and so then I would go. <laughs> Once I got my life improved. Well, what happened was it was easy to say nobody under 28. Right? So a guy now listening to me going, wait a minute. He likes foldable, long-backed it, small-waisted, right? Not these big bubble butts. Big bubble butts normally go to poor men. Not older. Not this. Not that. How do you think you can have standards? And I go easily because I'm in a position to choose. I'm in the fourth quarter. I know what I like. I know what I want. And I don't have to go for them because I have available junior college girls. And I know how to get them. I not, they're available. Whether you pay or not, they're, they're available at this stage of my life. It's easy. So now I get it. I'm like, oh, yeah, I don't have to do that. Okay. I'm super duper picky. Super duper picky. Now, there was a point in my life where I was not. But I know what I'm putting on the line. So anyway, what point of the show are we on? Super chats and then vacation, because that'll be a short one. So uh, Brown 310 said, Jay Will says, head of CNN just resigned overthrowing his salami on an underling give him the buzzer so there you go right there that's that's another example of what i'm talking about 
where I would disqualify a woman because I work with her or she's below me. I literally can go in life now and go, no, that's okay. I won't do that because of what it's going to risk me. But not a lot of guys do that. Most guys will say, oh, that's an available woman. Yes, it could cost me my job and my career. So I could focus on my career. And you'll sleep with her and lose your job. See, that's what I'm talking about. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You guys qualify everybody. And that dude probably was married. That's why he's sleeping with her. See, because I'm not married or in a relationship, I can basically get to the point where I'm choosing. But a guy in a marriage in a relationship, if a woman presents himself, no matter who that woman is, he'll be like, okay, I'll risk it. Dad, what are you doing? Playing the ring game that he made, which is okay with me. Because he could definitely be fucking bitches right now. And he's playing a ring game in the kitchen. Leave my man. See, a guy like that has to take all comers. But I'm not in a relationship. I don't have to sneak around and text women and sneak and sneak in this. I can just choose. I can tell them what I want. This is what I want. I want open relationship. I want non-monogamous. I want this and that. I don't have to uh, pussyfoot around. Let's just say it like that. I don't have to pussyfoot around. I don't have to pretend to get it. I don't have to pretend. I don't have to pretend I like you or love you. I don't have to do any of that. This is what it is. This is where I'm at. You with it? Yeah, you with it? Okay, cool. You're not with it? Okay, bye. I avoid hopeless romantics like the plague. Get away from me. Well, all you need is love, and I want to be right. I got this one girl. She's 20. She's a hopeless romantic. She's literally, she's a chick. She's like, oh, I want you to call me. I want to talk to you on the phone. I'm like, no, nah, I ain't got no time for that. She ain't going to never get it. Now, what you guys would do is you will proceed with her. And then after you bust a couple of nuts, she will be making your life a living hell. And you'll be like, I can't get rid of her. She want this and that. Well, you should have saw that coming. You should have saw that coming. I want no parts of her. Joseph Norris says 3.5 billion women on earth, just as Coach says. There's too many. There's too many to choose from. And if y'all don't like the ones in America, I could go somewhere else. Guys, I got I could go somewhere else. Triggerverse said, you see the woman crush watermelon with her implants? Mm, I have not seen that. That's disgusting. My man speaking my mind says, Coach is shuffling. I'm going to play that in a minute. Rob Marine says, CGA, my boss, the, the deputy director of a major medical center getting hemmed up due to salami picks to a subordinate sloppy strag. She saved the picks and used one, he says, and used once discipline by the director how the mighty have fallen. See, that. I know this is why another thing, you know, we call them straggle daggles. Doesn't matter what their race is. I don't date straggle daggles. I don't mate with straggle daggles. If you're anywhere near a straggle, gone. Because I know how straggles work, right? This is why people are like, why do black men, once they get rich, they don't date certain black women anymore? Because you ain't going to be one to keep things the way they need to be kept. Nice and neat. Things need to be kept nice and neat when you have money. You don't need to be out here being all loud, all right? And so a straggle-daggle only deals with things how she has only been conditioned to deal with things. This is why sometimes the rich and affluent people often got in, you know, they married their third cousin. 
They kept it in the family. You know why? Because if you bring an outsider in, they'll blow it up. <laughs> I'm not saying keep it in the family, but what I'm saying is they kept it to only women that were trained to be with these people. They were educated to be with these people and whatnot. Because if you bring in an outsider, they're going to bring bullshit in. Okay. They need to be trained in the culture you're in. They need to be trained in the culture. If they got tattoos on their chest, tattoos on their titty, that is, to me, an indication of their decision-making. I'm out. I'm out. No. No, 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 no. If you're in my company and work for me, no. I can separate myself like that. I've coached with women all my life and never slept with one of them. You know what I mean? Not a lot of coaches can say that. Look at the gymnastics shit and all they got into. Uh, you'd be surprised the amount of female and male coaches that sleep with their women's players, their female athletes. You'd be shocked. All right. It's very common. And I was able to distinguish that tattoos on net tattoos on here out. No, I don't want to pipe you down. No, I immediately dismiss you. You're out. I mean, I'm just letting you know now you can be a good person, but to me, that's an indicator of choice. I mean, if you're willing to do that, Right. I mean, you better be rich and famous as an athlete. I mean, or a rapper or entertainer. If you're a regular ham and egger and you got that stuff on your, I mean, you're limiting your life choices already. I mean, what type of person does that? Mm. I don't want nothing to do with it. And you know what she's done with the, for those tattoos? Y'all want a secret? We'll talk about vacation now. You know what a secret? You know what she's done to get those tattoos? She's given her body up. More than likely. Shout out to AT of the M for $20. He says, he says, when did the simple things become so dynamic? <laughs> right? Crazy. It, it, yeah, what we're talking about is a simple principle that everybody now is talking themselves out of. You know why? Because people, I think, ultimately are lazy and excuse makers. They wanted to come to them how they wanted to come to them. So now say, telling somebody, you need to get certain amount of sleep. Don't oversleep. Uh, go be productive. Don't sleep in. This shit to them is foreign. Because you can sleep in now and still kind of make it in the world. Well, I don't know what to tell you here. Most people were agrarian. You could not sleep in. Like sleeping in would cost you everything. But now you can so much patch your way through by being a lemming or a knuckle dragger or a mouth breather or a, a time clock pusher. And you'll get through. You can be a subjugated slave and you'll, you'll get through life. Where before you couldn't get through. Okay, uh, yeah, the enemy's gonna strike us right now, but we'll sleep in. Mm. <laughs> like you, <laughs> look, we cannot sleep in. The village is gonna get raided, and they'll take the women and the children with them. Uh, we can't sleep in. Get your ass up. <laughs> like you know what I'm saying? Like that was a simple thing that you never had to convince people of. But now people can just punch in, punch out, coast. Watch Netflix all the goddamn day. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they like, bro, I don't have to wake up early. Okay. If you go hunting, what time of the day are you going to go? When the hell you feel like it or when the food is out there? 
when the when the thing you're hunting is awake. Most of the time at dawn or dusk. At 12 in the afternoon, the deer's chilling, eating. I mean, chilling, sleeping because it had already ate already. The deer ain't out at 12. The deer up at six in the morning. Presenting itself, looking for food, scrounging. Pacow. But now you don't have to. You can be a ham and egger and make it through life. But you're not making it. Same thing with fish. People don't go fish at 12 o'clock. They go fish early in the morning. <laughs> so if you don't miss, you miss the fish at 6, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning, guess what? You miss the fish. Mm. Come on now, man. Because those fishers be up 5 o'clock in the morning getting their boat, boat ready. All right? It'd be dark as hell. They driving out there to the dark. They push their boat out there right when the sun about to come up. Then they cast a line, 6 30, 7 o'clock. <laughs> Shit. All right, man, you can't do that. The deer races, man. I'm telling you, man, the, the people got up early because they had to. Now you can coast through life. All right, let me do vacations really quick. We'll do shuffling and then we'll do the vacation thing here because we've been shuffling today. <laughs> I can do some shuffling too. Look out, man! What, what you going to do? Look out, boys! It's coming through. Yeah, man! Yeah, man! The same people that say they need to get their sleep. Like, what do y'all literally be doing between 10 p.m. and 2 a.m.? Like, what? Pro okay, not what do you do? What productive activity? See, I can see if the argument is. I'm super productive at 11 p.m. Now, that's one thing. What are you doing between 10 p.m. and 2, 2 a.m.? I can tell you what you're doing. You either fornicating, flirting, messing around, bombard eating, eating dinner late, doing something that is probably not going to be good for you, drinking, smoking, straight West Coasting, dancing. You aren't... So I always hear people, and then these are the same people. We don't need eight hours of sleep, or we need more eight hours of sleep. I need to sleep in until 1030. Spanking the monkey. Reading books. That is the rare, rare exception. Some people are reading books. Are you cleaning your house? Nope. You ain't doing a damn thing. People try to fool me all the time. You can fool some people some of the time. You can't fool, you can't fool people all the time. You ain't doing nothing productive. Mainly because there ain't nothing productive to really be done at that hour. Okay. So don't try to fool me. Oh, I got I can't go to sleep until one, two in the a.m. Okay. And then I gotta sleep in until 10 30. Oh, okay. All right. And then when your ass wake up at 10 30, you ain't getting what you need out of life. And then you complaining, you sitting up stressed, 10 o'clock a.m., 10 o'clock p.m., 11, sneaky links, low quality woman coming through. Y'all watching bang bras. Instead of doing that, why don't you just go to sleep? <laughs> it's over. Yeah, the day is over. By, by 10 p.m., ain't nothing going on. Nothing. Not of substance. Not of something that's going to be valuable to me. That's how I look at it. All right. Uh, let's see here. Vacations. The vacation the gap. Rich people take 18 days. The average American. When they say the average American, they mean ham and eggers. Ham and eggers, all right? Knuckle draggers, mouth breathers, clock punchers. 
excuse makers. All right, slaves, wage slaves, slaves. This is what they say when they say the average American. All right, because look, if you put the average American up, just put the poster of an average American up, it ain't going to be pretty. <laughs> it is not going to be pretty. The average American gets eight days. I'm sorry, 3.8 days. And so what they'll say is these rich people be out here skiing, snowboarding. Hey, man, ask if you go to a wealthy neighborhood, they already have their vacations planned out for the year. For the year. Well in advance with the credit card already punched, the ticket already punched, the hotel reservations already in, the tour guides already set up. <laughs> I went to go do something because I want to go on one of these Baja trips. They, 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 they take people out to Baja, California and do off-roading. And so they get into their Can-Ams and they do off-roading. And so every year they release the schedule. They release their 2022 schedule. Uh, they got seven trips. All but one is sold out. It's, we, it's February 2nd. All but one trip is sold out all through the whole year. And the trip costs two twenty five hundred bucks for two people. And it's all sold out. Now, by the time I hopped on to get the dates, there's one date left. And it's the middle of summer in Baja, Mexico, which I ain't touching that one. All right. It's like August or July or something. I was like, hell no, I ain't going there then. Okay. So what I'm telling you is a lot of times, a lot of times people do these things. The rich people get to go to these things because they literally have the money and resource to do it because they planned ahead. All right. But poor people often don't take vacation. They're literally uh, just plugging away, plugging away. And uh, here it is right here. Why taking a vacation could save your life. Some people really do figure this out. Of course, they do their couples pictures right here. They be fighting when the kids go to bed. She cheating on him with the personal trainer. And he's got he's got straggle daggles paid, you know. <laughs> uh, American workers are notorious for being workaholics. Since but since, look, at some point you got to be a workaholic to get to where you need to get to. Okay? You got to be a workaholic to get to where you need to get to. But you need to take vacations. Since May, sorry, March of 2020, an overwhelming majority of U.S. employers have shortened, postponed, or canceled their vacation time. Um, Another study found that 26% of respondents have never taken two weeks of vacation at one time. Wow. I can see that. But leaving for vacation time, uh, wait, but leaving vacation time on the table was taking a toll on its employees. The World Health Organization found that 750,000 people died in 2016 from heart disease, stroke due to long hours and uh, said, the trend might worsen due to the C-19. You guys noticed in C-19, I traveled the entire time. Like, I took my trips. I normally do a couple staycations because you don't have to go far to go vacation, all right? I believe in the staycation, all right? I staycation normally in San Diego. So I pack my bag, I drive to San Diego, and I'm away, all right? And so now I'm going to add Santa Barbara to that staycation. So I'm not far away from home, but... You know, I'm within an hour, an hour and a half, two hours drive from wherever I live, right? Um, so you can staycation. Then you can big vacation. I try to do two international trips a year. C-19 put a monkey wrench in that. Uh, having the VAC or not having the VAC put a monkey wrench in that. So I do two international. I do a couple of American trips. And then I do a couple of staycations. 
Yeah, somebody went to Palm Springs. The weather's perfect. Don't go to Palm Springs in July, though. But yeah, now is the perfect time to go to Palm Springs. So drive out to Palm Springs, man. Um, you guys got to start getting away and planning these things in your life. Uh, budget for it now. Put it in your budget sheet. If you've been part of the money mindset, put it in your budget sheet. And you'll get it. How many vacations do wealthy people take per year? Um, says right here. Says right. Where's the where's the number here? But anyway, it says right here. Uh, majority seventy seven percent choose to fly economy over. Okay, I, they're, they're talking. Yeah, you don't have to do first class all the time anyway. Um, by the way, if you pay for vacations in advance, it's cheaper, especially if you know what you're doing. Um. Especially if you know what you're doing. So I encourage you guys to get on the vacation tip. And, and, and again, the free agent lifestyle is what that, that promotes that. All right. Uh, so not about chasing skirts. You can chase skirts when you go out of town. Typically, I try, try to uh, plan what I do with women when I do go out of town. Again, I'm very much a disciplined person. I don't like I don't like too much spontaneity and I don't like too much unpredictability. So when by the time I get out and go somewhere. Uh, let's see if I can reshare this. By the time I get out and go somewhere, I want to know what's happening and where it is, right? Let's see if I can sit, share that part of the page. So anyway, get out and vacation. Because wealthy people do vacation. By the time you ask them what they're doing for spring break, they already know. They already know where they're going. They already know what they're doing when they get there. Um, and they budget it for this. They save for this. That's why you work all 2021 to plan your vacations for 2022. And uh, let me just show you, I have a tab in my phone. I have a tab in my phone in my notes that says uh, travel 2022. So I already have dates picked out and all I have to do is book and I have dates all the way to December. Now, some of them are predicated on the country opening up or they're predicated on being able to travel there without the poke. Um, and some of them are staycations like I have going to Vegas. Um and not to go to the strip, but I have going to Vegas. There's certain things I do when I go to Vegas. Um, there's my spring break with my kids. I have my kids this year during spring break. I plan where I'm going, and I try to book that in advance. So I uh, already have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven trips play, uh, planned for. And then the NFL schedule um, is what it is. I'll, I'll plan around that. Somebody says I got a crack screen. That's the uh, plastic. That's the plastic covering that covers the screen. I just got to get a new one. You know, whatever that plastic thing. Y'all better, hey, whatever you do, when you get an iPhone, get that plastic thing. That $30 plastic piece of sh that goes in front of your screen. <laughs> All right, get that. Tim Trutone says, smash this girl with a giant Baphomet uh, tattoo on her back for about a week. Told her it was a deal breaker and she went crazy with excuses and anger. Um, Check this out, bro. That's what I'm talking about, Tim. So a person will tattoo themselves like crazy. See, this is the problem with, um, I think, Americans in general. I don't know if any other culture has this like we have it. We have an entitlement here in which we can do things outside the norm and expect to be treated normal. See, we do that here. We, we have people like the Monopoly board thing. Uh, I'm not going to play Monopoly, but I want the benefits of you supporting me. I'm not going to play the game the way you want to play it. Uh, we can be different. I can have all these genders. I can be different. Uh, I don't have to conform. I can wear my sister locks. I can do. Okay, let me just explain this. 
I, I'm just tired of all of this because these people ultimately run into a wall in which then their lack of conformity results in no results, right? That's what happens. They don't conform. They don't get the result. Like, then they complain, all right? And so what I'm going to tell you is there was a time somebody says tattoo discrimination is wrong. Okay, I mean, listen, it, it's wrong, but it's a choice you chose to make. But, but when you got the tattoo, you chose to accept discrimination, right? This is what I'm saying. Now, women will get this harder than men. Pause. Men can kind of get by with it a little bit, unless it's on your face or your neck, all right? You can get away with it because people are like, oh, you were in the military or something like that. But women, on the other hand, they don't get that benefit of the doubt. So they come out with a long sleeve on, and then now you're out of the running for any of the high-quality men. You're, you're going to be out of the running. So let me tell you this. There was a time. There was a time where uh, I think during World War II where the Japanese, you know, they were on the other side of the allies. In their culture, they overwhelmingly had their old culture. <laughs> this goes to happen. They may return to their old culture. Like they had an emperor. He wore the uniform. You know what I mean? Like a lot of the old emperors or dictators used to do. Like Saddam Hussein came out in his uniform. All right. You know, the old turban man came out in his turban. And then guess what happens? Somebody got bombed and you had to conform. <laughs> I mean, that's basically what happens. So then what happened was, hey, if you want to give it our program or we position puppets in there, guess what? He got a suit. His ass came out with a suit. There was no more emperor. There was no people came out in their robes anymore. Because then we plan by this rules over here. We, we're playing by this rule. The, the rules over here requires this. Now, you can fight us against it, or you can fight against it, but guess what's going to happen? Guess what's going to happen? You're not going to get what you want out of the situation, or it ain't going to be made easy. And a lot of people will literally fight against conforming, which I get. I understand. However, he says the bombs over knock. It's like, however, however, you don't get to set the rules when you don't have the gold. Or you don't have the bombs. You don't get to set the rule. Now, if you start having the bombs, if you have the gold, you can come in and you can sag your pants and get what you want. If the next, uh, if the next wave of 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 the future of the dominant people in the world, which we're going to the next transition of that. Whoever's the next ruler, if the rulers sag their pants and show their boxers, wear tight leg, tight leg pants, Jordans, and tattoos, if the next world leader does that, guess what's going to happen? Everybody's going to sag their pants, wear Jordans, get a tattoo on their neck, and wear a Louis Vuitton monogrammed hat. Everybody will be doing it, and that will be the way business is done. But unfortunately, I don't anticipate that. And at some particular point, you're going to have to bow. You're going to have to put your hands to the side and bow, keep eye contact. You're going to have to probably put on a suit like the, like the leader of the world is going to have on. You're going to have to do what they do.
<laughs> you know what I mean? It is what it is. I, I don't make the rules because I don't have the gold. Once I have the gold, I can make the rules. Once I have the bombs, I can make the rules. But, you know, we can fight against it and we can call people whatever, whatever. But I, all I know is out of this world, you got to play the game the way people. Yeah, you got better learn. You got to learn how to say ni hao. You better not. That's what the new. That's what the. Ni hao. You better learn how to say that. You better learn how to know the culture. Some of you guys won't even learn Spanish. How are you going to learn Mandarin or Cantonese? How are you going to learn that? So anyway, but yeah, discrimination is discrimination. And there's oftentimes you can't get discriminated against because by choice, some most of the time it's by choice. Most of the time you get discriminated by choice. Sometimes not, you know, I mean, like if, you know, people are discriminatory against other races right off the rip. They don't give you the benefit of the doubt. So that's one thing. You had no choice. But then sometimes you'll have that plus you'll do other things. I'm like, well, now you've been chosen. And then you're like, you can't judge a book by its cover. You shouldn't judge tattoos on the neck. Guys, you can play that game if you want. What I would what I would tell you is don't play that game unless you can support yourself 100% in this world. Like, if you're going to be Tupac and you can put Doug Life on your belly and you're going to spit on people, okay. And you're going to say, put the middle finger up and me against the world. I'm not a me against the world type of person. <laughs> I am to a certain extent, but I'm not going to do everything to rebel because I know at some point I'm going to come up short. But it is what it is. You do you, though. Yeah, your portfolio better be looking good. You better have FU money. Like even Jeff Bezos and uh, Elon Musk. Like when you see them, they have a sport coat on. You know what I mean? Like, let me see something. Because we just BSing. Let's see here. Like, when you see Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk, do you see them with, like, effort and twisties in their hair, sagging, neck tattoo? Effort. I got FU money. Okay, here it is right here. There's Jeff Bezos. He is the richest man on earth with an F. I don't see a tattoo. <laughs> like, he got FU money. He got F you money. He could say F the world. He literally got a plain ass. You can't even tell the designer of this shirt. He owns a newspaper. This dude owns a newspaper in which he can dispense whatever propaganda he's able to dispense. And most of y'all don't even know he owns a newspaper, which to me is like, God dang, this dude owns the Washington Post. He says, Dr. Evil himself, you know, and you know why they do this is because then if he did somehow have a Louis Vuitton monogrammed hat, if he did somehow sag his jeans, you know what would happen to his pe people will be looking at him like. Hold up. So he knows this, right? He knows this. He's like, so I'm going to just 
tame it, tame it down. He ain't got no shiny suit. He ain't got no shiny suit. He don't got no five-button suit. Nothing. Plain jeans. Yeah, Washington Post. Like, damn, Washington Post. Fake, you know, if, if this guy owns news, I can't even tell you how legitimate or illegitimate it could be. Yeah, no jewelry, no neck tattoo, no nothing. Now, he's playing it by saying, this is the you can trust me outfit. This is the you can trust me outfit. You can trust me. Don't, don't, don't. <laughs> now, if he came out with a turban on his head, it was like, hey, I'm in my bag right now. Gotta get my bag and run. <laughs> and he was like, neck tattoo, jewelry, gold tee, gold chain. You know what I'm saying? Flashy watch. Where's his Rolex? Where's his Rolex at? No Rolex, no nothing. See, this is how he maintains. This is how he maintains being the richest man on earth. <laughs> this is how he stay. He ain't got no bling. He ain't got no money clip. Nothing. And he took the picture like this. He ain't got no pierced ears. <laughs> no nothing. See, that's where I got F. No ear piercing. Nothing. No, no, no bull nose ring. See, this is what this is what the world will do. The world will get a bull nose ring, a Louis Vuitton monogram hat, a gold chain, a fat roly gleaming diamonds, sagging pants, a big old, big old fancy, big old five button suit a neck tattoo and say, Hey, <laughs> colored hair, five color hair, weave extension, breast implants, BBL. This is what the world will do. And they say, how come you guys don't take us seriously? How come you guys don't take me seriously? This is what the world does. And it's like this. This is an American idea of what you want to be a complete rebel and literally get taken seriously. He got the TRT, though. <laughs> he do got the TRT going and probably more than that. Oh, man. So it is what it is. And yes, the salt and pepper beard. Yes, too. He don't have the beard either, which is another thing they get you to do is to shave off your facial hair. Um as a means to emasculate you to an extent. All right. There's some studies behind that, you know, the, the unshaven face. So let, let's just put it like this. If I walked into a corporation looking like this, they'd be like, mm. would they be like, you better shave your beard to come work here. But you guys don't know my beard is my superpower. It is. It is definitely a superpower. That's why they don't want you to have it. It's masculine, especially if you are not the boss. Have you guys noticed in the corporation, the top guys won't have a beard, but the, I'm sorry, the bottom guys won't have a beard. The senior executives, the executives, the underlings, the associates, they won't have a beard, but the boss will have a beard. TRT is um, testosterone replacement therapy which is not necessarily a steroid. It's just a boost of testosterone. You can get it in heaps or you can get it um, in small doses. It does help you. It helps you as an older male. I, I would encourage you if you're older, get some TRT because your testosterone is going to decrease. And you know who I really would tell to get um, um, TRT 
is uh, married men. Married men and men with young children. You better get some TRT because marriage and living with children has proven to um, decrease your testosterone. Now that we're BSing the day uh, at the end of the show. Uh, marriage and living with children has dec it decreases your testosterone. Marriage decreases. So a lot of times this is why you can't get aroused by your wife. All right. Number one. Uh, number two. Um, this is why also. Also, let's see here. Testosterone levels decrease in married men. We'll just show you here. Uh, testosterone levels decrease in men who get married, increases in men who get divorced. It's because you you have to have that to be back out in the field. Once you take yourself off the field and become neutered or uh, or uh, domesticated, in order to stay in that domestication, you have your testosterone levels going to decrease. This is why you'll hit, see men be like, oh, you know, have they, they don't care if they're not getting sex from their wife because they they're like whatever their their need for sex decreases. Their desires, <laughs> so they don't care. They'll play the ring game, all right? We, we spitting facts over here. So this is an example right here of a decreased testosterone. Dad, what are you doing? Playing the ring game that he made, which is okay with me, because he could definitely be fucking bitches right now. And he's playing the ring game in the kitchen. Leave my man. So he could be banging chick. Uh, women, as he as she said, but he don't have the desire to. He don't have the. This is why married men can say, "I don't understand how you can cheat on your wife." Yeah, well, you ain't got no damn testosterone. You ain't got no need for it. Your testosterone decreased. Yeah, you don't get it. All right, but if I'm out here in the field or I got high levels of testosterone, I'm gonna need that. I'm gonna need it out. I'm gonna need to get that venom out. I'm gonna have to get that venom out. <laughs> And I'm going to need it to get on somebody other than my wife. That venom going to have to get out. <laughs> uh, somebody else said something. Uh, let's see here. Uh, my man, uh, let's see here. Let me see here. Oh, oh. Rob Marie says, CGA traveling from New York City to Whittier this weekend. How's that area? Heading to a reggae concert at the Marina Beach in Long Beach. Wearing my Tim, Sean. Oh, don't wear the Timberland. Should you wear the Tims? When you go to the reggae concert at the marina in Long Beach, you can get away with the Tims. You're going to get all kind of women thrown at you. But them, it's going to be liberal, crazy-ass women. There's some liberal, crazy women in Long Beach. Uh, you're going to have fun. Watch out for the super gonorrhea out there. Um, and then New York City to Whittier, there's nothing in Whittier. There ain't going to be nothing there. So chill out. But wait till you get to Long Beach. Pitbull Law says, I became more productive when I deleted a lot of the affordable entertainment apps on my phone, even YouTube sometimes. Yeah, there, you need to go through that deletion of social media for a period of time. All right, you need you need it because it's a big distraction. And a lot of people that stay up late at night are scrolling social media. That's what they're doing. All right, they're not doing anything productive. And social media is an endorphin. It kicks up your endorphin. It kicks up your... um. Um, that need that desire for validation and commentary. It, it, that's what happens. Uh, Nasty Narco Coach, I just scheduled to get my two forearm tattoos surgically removed yesterday. That's another reason why I don't advise to get tattoos because then eventually you'll want them removed. Why get it? I'll do some research on the amount of people that want their tattoos removed, all right, at some point. I mean, I'll ask the question right now, 
All right, how many people regret tattoos? Many people regret their tattoos. Regret tattoos. Uh, it says 12% of Americans regret. By contrast, 88% are happy with their choice. All right, so it's not that big of a deal. You do have people that regret it. It's not that overwhelming, right? So it's not like it's 50. It says uh, one survey says 75% of the 600 respondents admitted to regretting at least one of their tattoos. So it is what it is. I would say think long and hard about it before you get it, all right? Think long and hard before you get it because you can't get removed. And getting it removed is very difficult. Uh, Triggerverse says, owns the Daily Planet, hates Superman. That's your boy, Dr. Evil. Mike D says, even Al Capone was brought down by the IRS despite his status and money. You got to pick your battles. Know when to engage and when to live under the radar. That's the free agent way. Exactly. And uh, get some toys, guys. Get some toys and get it out your system. All right. They're going to realize you get, you're going to get toys and them shit's going to be sitting in the closet or sitting in the box somewhere. Or there's only so many places you can go with the toys. Okay. For instance, people are talking about the Rolex. Um, people talk about my Porsche. There's only so many places I can go with it. I can't go everywhere with that car. Like, literally, I'd be like, all right, I got to go get my truck. Where am I going? I got to go get my truck. I can't be spontaneous in the Porsche. I can't just be like, all right, I'm in Newport. Oh, I need to go to Santa Ana. I would literally go, oh, let me turn around and switch cars. Because if I had to park that car in a parking lot at 11 p.m., 12 p.m., 1 p.m., 2 p.m., and I'm in the club shaking my ass and there's no valet. And this is in one of them open parking lots where you pay for the spot by plunking in your video, your card and putting in the spot number. Guess what's going to happen to that car? What, guess what could happen to that car? Disaster. So I'm not going to do it. So I got to think long and hard. Same thing with a Rolex. It's nice to have one. It's nice to own one. There's only so many places you can wear that. Same thing with a Louis Vuitton bag. You, there's only so many places you can go with that. If you go outside of places where you um, shouldn't be with it, you go to places you shouldn't be having that type of thing, what's going to happen? You're going to be a target, a victim. You're going to get jacked. You're gonna, people are going to be waiting for you, praying, praying for your downfall. So think about that. The more expensive things you get, there's only so many places you can go with it. And you're going to have to switch that watch off at certain points of the day. All right, there go my Rolex. Let's put it back in the box. Let's, there's the Louis bag. Let's put it back in the closet. Let's bring the regular shit out. <laughs> yeah. All right. Dwayne Washington says, it's funny how most of the girls I used to want to date in school turned into busted Pillsbury biscuit cans. So this is the idea. Your gen the generation of women you're in as men, they're not your women. Why are we looking at Jeff Bezos' ass? All right. Uh, we'll do this. We're almost done. Uh, the generation of women in your age group are not your women. You should be aiming for the next generation behind them. That's what I, that's my philosophy with women. Because by the time you're going to get her, you're going to voice walking your way into a marriage. And she's going to be already 45, ran through, educated, in debt. Already got kids by another man. So I'm going to aim for the generation beyond me. So I'm a generation Xer. I overwhelmingly deal with late millennial, uh, young millennials or older Gen Z. And I have way more success there than women in my age group. So 46-year-old women, bro, it is ugly out here, bro. 46-year-old women, it is disastrous. 
it is an ugly sight. So if I'm dating women, for, and let me tell you something. I go on a dating app. Somebody just, oh, somebody just text me. I go on a dating app. You know who be matching with me like crazy? Because you can go on a dating app and pick that option where you can see who's matching with me. 46, 49, 52, 54, 59, 39, 42, 46. And it looks like shit. Nope. <laughs> it be like, I'm so used to dealing with junior college women that I'll be like, I'll be like, oh. I'm like, oh my God. Like, wow. And those women think they're doing me a favor. See, this is what happens when you're black. When you're a black guy, they think you'll take anything. They will throw themselves at you and then want you to take them out on dates and romance them and up. Oh, 47? Oh. No, where's the junior college? No way. We're about to wrap it up. No way. Amari says, Coach, if you want to learn more about watches and how the rich are investing their money in them, look up Timepiece Trade on Trading on YouTube. They're in Miami. Thank you, sir. I do follow a lot of watch channels here. Um, and uh, yeah, man, they do people buy watches and they resell them. <laughs> they definitely resell them, right? That's the resale market. Uh, it's an investment tool. And they constantly have a side business of that. So I'm going to check them out. So that's what I would do with it. That's where I'm at, man. I mean, look, I, I I got enough to where I can impress. I got enough where I can impress young broads. I don't need no Rolex to top on that. <laughs> like, I got enough that oppresses the average American woman. And uh, the, the rest of the women that see me, that claim they're unimpressed by what I have, I'll be like, damn. I mean, they literally talking themselves out of a situation where I can rescue their ass and save their entire life right now. So it is what it is. It's, it's kind of funny because they'll be like, mm, they don't mean nothing to me. And they go home to their hovel. They jump into their Nissan Altima muffler dragon, muffler dragon, dragon. They go back to their roommate. And like, shit. And I'm like, hey, that's your choice. I don't give a damn. Oh, I ain't impressed by that. Okay. I mean. I could save your life this month right now and get you digging, but it's okay. <laughs> All right. SAU Engineeria says South of the Border Coach Gang in the house. Since I've been on my purpose, stacking and money and working out and understanding hu human nature, human nature, I don't even care about women at all. They hold no power over me. You got to get to that place. That It's a place where most men don't understand. They're like, I don't get it. What about peace leave? Peace leave is a commodity. It's almost a necessity, but it's a commodity that's traded on the marketplace like crazy. And women trade it every day. All women trade it. What do they trade it for? Money, energy, attention, or time. All you got to do is pick the resource you're willing to lose or willing to trade, and you'll get it. I mean, you'll get it. Now, if you don't have any money as a leverage, you got to do what? Energy, attention, or time. Or you're not willing to do the money. Oh, I ain't willing to do it. And, but once you get the leverage to be able to get it, it becomes less important. 
once you get the leverage to be able to get it, like, like I'll never go through a drought. I know how to get it when I need to get it. I don't need it to love me. I don't need it to do nothing. You literally can, yeah, it's like me, but it's traded every day. They All women trade it and they all women leverage it. So I'm never, I, I, I hope I'm ever never in a position where I don't have to have the resources to get this commodity, but the commodity is being traded on the market all day, every day. And so once you get a couple of it, bust a couple of nuts, go on a little stream, five days, get a couple of girls, bang it out. I bet you by day six, you'll be tired of peace leave. You'll be tired of it. All right, that's enough. What else is life? That's where I'm at right now. What else is life? Peace leave is very easy to get right now. And most of the time that I get it now, it's totally a distraction. The, yeah, the price, the stock market of it, it, the market is plummeting right now on peace leave. It's so easily attainable. You don't even have to jump through hoops and hurdles anymore. I don't even worry about that. They got no power. Most women have no power over me. None. The only power I give them is the power. The only power they have over me is the power I give them. And most of the time, once I sex them up, they have power. The women that don't give me any sex have zero power over me. None. And I'm like, what? What can you do for me? But I got the power of this. You ain't got nothing. That right there, I can buy it and it's 10 times better. Them younger girls don't want you. Yes, but they want this. I got money. The marketplace favors men right now. The marketplace favors men right now. The marketplace favors men. We can literally do with and do without. We can get it. and This is why they can't get married to this day. And there's not a woman on earth right now that can hold out for more than four weeks without giving a man some sex and try to keep that man interested. Keep that man interested and hold out sex. Please. <laughs> it's done she's done even if she's a good girl she's done Sebastian says I'm 36 and meeting up with a broke 21 year old this night <laughs> tonight this is the way add that onto it that's why the price is plummeting because so many people are broke and women are going back to go to the oldest profession it's too available at, short, at, at low low prices Low, low prices. I mean, it's ridiculously insane available. This commodity has dropped in importance because so many women are willing to show themselves in their ass. I mean, there was a time where men had to pay to see a woman's flesh or climb up a high tree with binoculars just to see a leg, just to see an ankle. Now, I can see it everywhere. So much so that a woman will ask you to pay for some pictures and you're like, why would I pay for pictures? I can literally get pictures free on the internet with women doing better jobs at showing it. River Bacon says a little bit of a change for the tuition. Shout out to the coach gang. Going to catch the replay. All right. Shout out to you. So no journal. The ish coach preaches is what PUAs don't want us men to hear. And would rather throw our salami down the gutter to nines and tens that have been paid for. Thank you, bro. Stop paying. Stop chasing nines and tens, please stop. They're they're bought and sold on markets that you've never been to. And by the time you get to it, you're going to be all nice to it. And uh, it's already bought and sold on the marketplace. She already been sold it. By the time you meet her at 28, she's been a model. <laughs> she's been a model in the industry. She's the main millionaires and basketball players and rappers and singers. And they'll be like, oh, this that, that was uh, Barry Manilow's girlfriend. 
like Barry Manilow used to smash you? Oh, yeah, well, <laughs> that was in my younger days, but now I want love, all right? You'll find that out. You're like, Barry Manilow used to smash? Barry Manilow used to smash. He used to walk around barefoot in Barry Manilow's house in Malibu. Uh, this is all alleged, by the way. She used to wake up next to Barry Manilow. And you following Barry Manilow. That's what that's what you following. And Barry, Barry, <laughs> Why did Barry Manilow get this? This is all alleged. And uh, let's get up out of this stream, man. Shout out to you, man. Nines and tens are not to be. The nines or tens are sold on the marketplace. It's too easy. It's too easy, bro. Anyway, shout out to the coach gang. I'm trying to give you a new way of life. And yes, the PUAs don't like what I tell you is because then I keep them out of business. All right. My business is a longevity here of your life. Let's put the importance back of where it is. PUAs want to sell you a course. That's all. Um, and I'm not, I will sell you something too, but I'm selling you something that's going to help your life. All right. Not keep you out here. Hey, MGTOWs, don't give up. Go out and bang nines and tens. We'll teach you how to get hot chicks. All right. That, that's bullshit. Because even those guys pay for chicks. Oh, y'all don't want to hear that. Even those guys pay for chicks. All right. So don't even get it twisted. I know the background scene of what's going on. Any hot chick they got, they pay for. The hottest chicks they ever banged, they paid for. Period. Point blank. Shout out to the coach gang. And we'll be back, man. I got to go get my day started. Peace.